Top of wrestling fans, we're here. Let us in. <sighs> I can't say it's going to be the most upbeat show from, you know, front to back, but or front, you know, beginning to end, whatever you want to call it. But it, it's going to be a, a, quite the show for us here at the Top of Wrestling Podcast. And I say to you, good wrestling day. Yes, we are going to be talking about the passing of. Man, we have three, three big deaths within three days. You had Terry Funk, you had Bray Wyatt, and I mean this with an absolutely no joke. You had Bob Barker, multiple-time guy who had done things with WWE, one of them being the, the guest host of Raw. So we'll obviously be getting into that because, as you heard in the intro, he's got the whole world in his hands, and that is going to be our top topic. That's right. Back-to-back weeks with top topics because we had to change shit up. As we always say, the card is subject to change as our show can be. Which is funny because I really can't wait to talk about next week's top topic because it's so fitting for our recent history. We are on the fallout, excuse me, we're on the fallout of AEW's All In at Wembley Stadium. A lot of news, of course, why we have a pay-per-view and have to have an altercation backstage, beyond me, we'll get there. We have so much to talk about, but hey, ladies and gentlemen, he's here, he's ready, he didn't watch all in because he said, I ain't paying for that shit, ODM! Psycho killer, kiss kiss a, fa 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 run 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 away. Oh, ah, 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 Wow. After we talk about Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk and Bob Barker, you're like, Psycho Killer! No. And we even talked a little bit about this. Man, this is... uh, uh, Come on. You already know what he's been blasting through. It's kind of like when I I was blasting through the IT crowd and I kept bringing lines into the show and here you are with It's Always Sunny, you know? And it's a 16-season show, but them all going absolutely nuts because... Uh, Psycho Pete 
is back in town <laughs> and they're all listening to Psycho Killer in the bar and I just love the yeah 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 I pop for just, it I pop for it oh such a have you had the chance to see the Talking Heads tribute band stop making sense no I have not it actually might not be them uh, be that one there's oh. another one okay maybe or maybe not hang on I could be wrong but no it wasn't them uh, there was definitely another one, but I saw them in 2019 at Anthology mm-hmm. in Rochester. Right. And, oh, my God, they opened with Psycho Killer. Nice. And then they ended up doing My Jam, which is Road to Nowhere. Oh, I mean, great just such a good, such an underrated band. Oh, they yeah. don't get talked about enough, the Talking Heads. You know who does get talked about enough? Oh, Philly. <laughs> Phil Brooks, you motherfucker. You are breaking my heart. Look at We even had... This is how much our card is subject to change. We had movies we are going to talk about today. And we said, no, 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 no. We got to talk about Bray. We got to talk about Terry Funk. We should hit him hard. Let's do it right in the beginning. Let's give our tribute. Nope. Phil, you went and fucked that shit up too. Now we have to switch our show around because I can't not talk about it because right before we hit record... We find out someone is suspended. Before we get there, let's get to our news. What do you got? Well, I woke up this morning and I saw, and I, you know, so I saw that there's title belts for sale that you can get, and it's for your favorite NFL team. Look pretty cool. Are they for three dollars and ninety-five cents, like the T-shirts that never no, came? No, no, no. This was legitimate. <laughs> I, I think it was for the NFL Fanatic site is where I saw it. Um, they're five hundred and fifty dollars, which is ridiculous but you add the cost of an NFL franchise being on there that sounds about in the neighborhood of what you'd expect to pay um, they look great they look great um, later on I found out that uh, they actually it is in conjunction with WWE and you can buy them on WWE's online store so I was like cool 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 I went and checked it out um, any idea how many NFL teams there are got 32 very good very good if you go on WWE's online store, guess how many titles you'll see? 32. 31. You may or may not you remember. motherfucker, please don't tell me. That the Jacksonville oh. Jaguars are owned oh, by Sean yes. Khan. <laughs> I, I checked for myself. I you were about to there was no Buffalo Bills. I, checked. I was like, listen, motherfucker, they're a team. Whether they... <laughs> no, I checked. There is no Jags belt on the WWE shop. <laughs> Talk about being petty. We ain't selling his shit. Uh, I, it was just funny because I cringe anytime I see anything Tony Khan. And last week, uh, in conjunction with Stadium Stampede happening, I think it was on like Wednesday of last week, they announced that on Fight Forever, you can now play Stadium Stampede. Right. And he's the beginning intro part, standing in the Daly's place, uh, and, and right in front of the Jaguars. And he's like, "It's here, home in the Jacksonville Jaguars, and and where the original stadium stampede is." And it was funny because he had Kenny Omega come in, the head of AEW Games, which is just so fucking weird, as well as being an EVP. The guy wears a lot of hats for a wrestler, but we'll get to that another day, like next week. But 
the funniest part is he also had Kenny Omega come in and, and do a part of this. He goes, buy the game. Don't buy the game. I don't give a shit. Kingston? That's <laughs> <laughs> great. He's so good. And they buy it. I don't care. <laughs> All I care about is getting my hands on you, Claudio. Yep, exactly. I like he just worked a promo in there. <laughs> it was so good. But then buy it. I don't know. Buy it. I don't care. So anyway, uh, that's really funny. Not 30. Only 31 belts. Huh. Someone's bitter. Yeah, no shit. Is it right? because they broke a wrestling attendance record? Apparently, with most bought tickets. It, it, I like the wording on this. Most bought tickets. They have to keep saying it, and it's funny because they they could have reached ninety thousand, and they were like, "We're gonna get ninety. Th- we're gonna get ninety, and it was eighty one thousand and thirty five or some shit." Yeah, it wasn't a broken uh, Korea though. Nope, but that doesn't get talked about. But and either it shouldn't, because basically you were held at gunpoint saying, you're going to this show today. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> Why was it so quiet there? <laughs> Are we allowed to cheer? All right. I know, that you, I know that you didn't do all in. That's fair enough. Uh, after I had a long several days of camping out in the woods. Uh, look at, man. Everything. It's in paper. I apologize. I, I Nothing's on the dock for you this week. Uh, the way it normally should be, but hey, that that's the best part about camping. But I will say, uh, it was you who broke the news about both of the deaths this week in wrestling. So um, I do thank you for that, keeping the news, you know, news with ODM, old school. But let's talk about All In, Wembley. I know you saw the highlights. I know everybody saw the highlights. But I'll first just quickly talk about the first match because I... I Fucking god damn you, Tony. God damn you, Tony Khan. He put the tag team titles for Ring of Honor, took them off Aussie Open after they just won three weeks ago, to the kangaroo kicking duo of MJF and Adam Cole. Okay. Look at I'm I'm okay with it, okay? I guess. Because especially how the pay-per-view ended, we will get there. A song that is being played to nauseum during the Zero Hour. It's the buy-in Zero Hour, whatever they called this one. You know, it's because Zero Hour is Ring of Honor, but that's what they called that match. Mm. But then it was about, I don't know, AEW. Yeah. But you had Machine Head, oh, that song it. playing yeah, I love that song. over and over. Breathe him, breathe him, breathe him, breathe him, breathe him. Notice he says breathe in, never says another out, so you're yeah. supposed to fucking just keep it in. Okay. <laughs> Is that how you become a machine head? Probably. Uh, it's better than the rest. <laughs> now, look at I actually decided to give my own star rating. Since I was going to watch the entire thing, I gave my own star ratings because I want to give you the real ones before Meltzer brings out they're actually out. Star. I can pull it up if you want to compare. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. Bring it up. Get it ready. I love you. Thank you for having that ready. Now, after that match takes place... Can I can I just add something have... real quick about the MJF and Cole thing? Oh, please. I, this could be as something as simple as Adam Cole never have wanting... Never wanting... Winning? Wanting? The uh, Ring of Honor tag titles. So maybe it's just a way to be like, hey, add that to my fucking resume. Um, and a little side note, I don't know if you ever watch Hot Ones. 
the YouTube show. Oh yeah, I watched it just about a half hour ago before we decided M- to record. Both MJF of them together. And Adam Cole did it what they call the last dab, and you have to answer. It's like truth or dare. You answer a question truthfully, or you have to eat a hot wing. And they're like, it's the hottest wings. And MJF just cursing, and oh my god, it was great making fun of Adam and. Dude, the whole thing was great. It was great. He the bidding war of the bidding war of twenty twenty six or something. He's like, he's like, I'm not selling yep. for anything less than seven figures. <laughs> like he just came out and said it. He, he uh, a lot will uncover, but during the media scrum, of course, he killed it again. You know, just being himself, and I love it. But all right, so. Jungle Douchebag drops the FTW title to Hook, thankfully, which that match was made, oh, one night before and put on the pre-show. Okay. Which, okay, I'm absolutely fine with. And he was supposed to retire it last Wednesday, but with the passing of Terry Funk, I think that's when he didn't retire the FTW. I think they decided, the FTW title, I think they probably pushed it, which... I get it. Fine. Uh, yeah. But. After. Or, well, let's talk about during the match. There's a part where the car. Mm. Car has a window. Yeah. And after the window spot, Jungle Boy looks at the camera and says, it's real glass. Uh, deal with it? No. Shit! Why am I losing it right there? Off. Yeah, the it, it was. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, it was. It was a or weird. Like, get over it. Whatever. Yeah. Something. Get over it. But yeah, it was I mean, about the glass. Like it, it was something about the glass spot. It was basically about the glass spot. About what I told you just last week. How Punk was like, yeah, take that shit to dynamite. Well, this is where we're gonna have to put a halt on talking about all in. Due to several different reports, it's so hard to figure out what is right and what is wrong. But from what I've gathered, at the very best, Punk is in gorilla position getting ready to open the all-in pay-per-view. Because, again, Jungle Boy's match was on the pre-show. Hook is still fucking over, by the way. And I'm like, you mm-hmm. see, they're dropping the ball with him so many times. But... On the way back through Gorilla, I they had exchange of words or whatever, and apparently the words "do something about it" came out of Perry's mouth. They got face to face. A pie face was talked about. Uh, you know, there's no punches, but the common talked about part is that Punk choked out or tried to choke out Jungle Boy. And I was like, well, it took all those years in the UFC and all these years later, finally get... But motherfucker, could you get... Could you not get in a fight for one fucking day and maybe make it to the pay-per-view seven days That's from now that's in your... Not from now, but I'm talking about the day of the pay-per-view. So now we are even less away. That's in your hometown. It's your backyard. And now you, along with Jungle Dingleberry are fucking suspended. Phil, I am having trouble defending you. Look at, I'm a very big fan. Very, very big fan. And I will always 
be a mark for him. I don't give a fuck, okay? Yeah, you, you have your diehards, right? You, yours was, you know, Taker, things like that. Right. And I cannot really keep defending this shit. I mean, it's, it's you're getting in a lot of goddamn fights and you're killing yourself here. So now, what would have been, what would have been likely Punk and MJF, we both know that's probably where it was going to go. We're probably just going to get MJF, Adam Cole, round three. Because they had the one on Dynamite that went to the draw. Yeah. They had this one uh, at All In. We're probably just going to get that. It is an extreme, lackluster pay-per-view buildup already. The fact that this dude went seven days apart for pay-per-views and then announced that he's doing it again next year, but we'll get to there. Uh, Give me your thoughts, man. I don't even know where to go from here. Yeah, it's tough because I saw on Twitter uh, somebody I forget what what website it was maybe PW Insider maybe Sean Ross Sapp I you know one of one of the ones we're used to hearing about right uh, was reporting you know that you know there was the shove the pie face the chokehold uh, all that and that Jack was told to leave and uh, Miro retweeted it and said not true now hmm. Miro I don't know where he physically was when all that shit happened so I don't know. I wonder how much of this is just fucking drama on, on purpose. This might be a fucking work. Uh, well, and it's funny because Tony did actually in the media scrum, as soon as it began, it's funny because if you go to the media scrum on YouTube, someone, you, you, you go to the comments and someone's like 36 minutes and blah, blah, blah seconds. You know, it's like highlighted. And I was like, you're the man. Thank you. Because it's just the logo for 36 fucking minutes. They couldn't, you know fix that but anyway while in the media scrum as soon as they begin tony goes and i just want to say right now before any of you ask yes there was an incident backstage there's an investigation going on and i cannot comment on it so i don't know if it was work or not a work i don't know man but the fact that both are being suspended what we're gonna i mean okay let's just say for instance Fine, they're suspended today, right now, as we're recording this kayfabe pal Monday. Are you just all of a sudden going to have them show up at All Out? I mean, you punk is your fucking draw in Chicago. What is your other draw? Just Here, I'll even jump to it right now. Do you Have you seen what All Out's lineup is? Yeah. Here's what we have so far. I'm not even lying. The most interesting match to me at all is finally the match that we probably should have got at Wembley. But it's Omega and Takeshka. Mm-hmm. Then we got TNT title, Darby versus Luchasaurus, Powerhouse right. Hobbs and Miro, which great for them. I'm glad they're yes. getting on a pay-per-view. I am together. looking forward to that match. Agreed. Chris Statlander and Ruby Soho for the TBS title. I'm sure another match of Soho will just drop. Mm-hmm. And the international championship is going to be Orange Cassidy or Penta, depending on tonight's match on Dynamite. Winners facing John Moxley for the international championship. I uh, listen, man. I think I said this a couple weeks ago. I really think they're going to put the international title on Moxley, and that's fine. Can I ask you a question? Is sure. that are you closing the show with that? With Moxley winning the title at, at all out? Yeah, because at this point, what the fuck are you closing? This, yeah, I mean, this thing has. Good... I who's bought all out? I'd be mad if I had a ticket to this thing. <laughs> I know, right? Left your car, came back. There was two more. <laughs> Such a good joke. It is great. I've, I've used, used I that use for so many bands. T- Taylor Swift, <laughs> I use it for a lot too. 
Oh, nice. I, I always did it for... Uh, DMB. Uh, basically anybody country. That's it. So, all right, let, let's... Let's just get back into what All In provided, at least something that was positive, I guess. But it opens up with CM Punk against Samoa Joe for that championship with the X on it. That's right, the real world championship. So, for a good chunk of the beginning, I thought either my sound was fucked up on my TV or it was just the pay-per-view. Mm. They were having, TK was having a little bit of trouble, in my opinion, with the sound. It there was at times where it f- sounded like a funnel, like it was like going up in the air, like a, a plane that's just leaving the sky. It had a weird funneling sound at times, and I was not a fan of it. Um, I did not rate the first two matches because I didn't give a shit about them. Um, but I will say one thing I forgot to mention is after Jack Perry obviously beat Rob Van Dam a couple of weeks ago, on top of the car, he did... RVD's motion did a rolling senton on top of Jack Perry, who was on the hood. It was kind of cool. It, I, I kind of appreciated seeing that one. But uh, during the pre-show, we had certain announcers, and right as the pay-per-view was about to begin, we got Nigel McGuinness, Excalibur, and JR. Crowd pop for JR. Obviously, they went nuts for Nigel McGuinness as well. On the panel, we had Big Show, Kip Sabian, Anthony Agogo, because Why? because uh, is he from Tony Khan? Is he from the UK? I have no fucking clue. Who cares? Same here. Um, and Renee Baguette, and <laughs> I gotta say, I actually really like their panel way more than I do WWE. WWE is that, you see what I'm saying, sucker. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. but it's also, I don't know if he can really withstand that kind of stuff, you know, if he can really beat him or not. This was more of a boxing panel to me, and they're like, Chris Jericho, yeah, yeah, he's got all the experience, but let's be honest, he does have his age that's there. Osprey's in his prime right now. Yeah, I don't definitely. think Osprey can go wrong. But how Did they were see... doing it was more of like a boxing panel, and I really appreciated it. No, definitely. I can agree with you there. Do you know uh, who uh, Osprey is going to defend the title against next? Or who challenged him? Uh, I did not hear yet. Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, you know what? I did hear that. Yes. Oh, that would be a fantastic match. Hell yeah. Now, also, by the way, at the all-in uh, pre-show, Jeff Jarrett and his crew with Jay Lethal and everybody showed up, and that's when not only Big Show and a Go-Go showed up, but they also brought uh, Grado out. Yeah. And, you know, cause, and the the faces, you know, beat up on the heels just to get a little bit of a pop for the thing going, get the, the show going before even the first match. Uh, but... So besides that, oh wait, did you see who one of the security guards was in the ring? Are you so going that's there? where I was going next. Okay, is that man. we had a contract signing for AEW All Out between Powerhouse Hobbs and Miro, and one of the security guards was Simon Fucking Miller. Why? Let me tell you why. Because <laughs> it was in his freaking backyard. Yeah, that was it awesome. was awesome. Yeah, it was so cool to see good him to, there. I was good like, to see, yeah. Sick. That's huge for him, dude. That's huge. Dude, yeah. do you imagine that? Could you imagine being him? Wembley. Like for that, yeah. I can't wait to hear him talk about it on his next uh, video. Just yeah. I want to hear what his take is. 
Uh, but let's get into, again, the main card. You had Punk and Joe. Uh, Punk was booed as soon as it got started. Good I mean, shit. Like, it was, it, I would say it was about a 25-75 crowd, 25% uh, fans. Wow. Maybe, let's say, 33 to 66. I'm, like, it was pretty decently booed. Like, it, again, where I was like, is it? Is my TV this funnel issue going on? I'm like, is he really getting that fucking booed, too? But uh, one of my favorite things is in both, or actually a lot of CM Punk and Samoa Joe's matches, is uh, Punk goes to the headlock and holds it. Where he'll you'll do like a suplex to him, where and he's still holding it, or like a back uh, drop or something like that, and he's still holding it on. Uh, went to that. Punk countered Samoa Joe's walk away. Uh, oh, how? Right, which never gets done. Five seconds later, J- Punk goes to do something else. Joe does a walk away, and I was like, God damn, that was the shit. <laughs> it was so awesome. It was just great, but. You know how when someone goes to do uh, a Hurricane Rana and the oh guy catches him? Oh, my God. Did you see this highlight? Dude, this was one of the most beautiful things I've seen in a long time. I haven't seen anything like this in, ever. You break a table, you go to the top. Not Joe and Punk. He catches him in that Hurricane Rana style where he's holding him right, right at the waist or his thighs area and swings him like you see people do into a barricade into the table and he just broke right through. It was fantastic. Marked out right there. Not going to lie. At this point right now, I'm like, this is going to be a pretty that's, decent yeah, night. That's where Joe flipped <laughs> off the camera, and I forget what he said. He, he said something, but he flipped off the camera. I didn't, uh, I didn't catch what he said, yeah. to be honest with you. But, yeah, he flipped off the camera. He was he was on fire, man. He, yeah, the man. crowd was eating it up, too, man. They wanted they wanted Punk to lose. Uh, but Joe, uh, or no, I'm sorry. So after that, Punk is now bleeding. So we got color in our mm-hmm. first match, which made me laugh because I was like, I can't wait to see what the next match is because does it delay things? Do they have to wrestle on his blood? And it was Paige. Paige was next, which I thought was really funny. I like so, had that thought to myself. Dude, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I think per match, like per quota, I think Punk bleeds as much as fucking Moxley does. <laughs> He's had less matches, but yes. Um, But yeah, so... What was funny is that Punk ends up doing the five moves of Doom, John Cena's moves, which I was like, okay. But instead of the fist, he does a fucking Hulk Hogan leg drop. <laughs> Again, I was in. I thought it was great. Um, and then Joe ends up, as Punk keeps punching him, Joe starts hulking up. And then he does the, you. <laughs> <laughs> in the crowd did it with him i was like i'm i love this match it, it, they these guys are just a fine wine man they just get better they yep. just get better and cm punk ends up winning with the pepsi plunge which is if you don't know a pedigree off of the top rope and it was hit beautifully i mean punk and Noah, it has nothing necessarily to do with Punk on a lot of this. It has to do with the guy who is going to take that fall. The funniest thing was I and I sent it to you earlier was <laughs> a meme of Punk and Tony Khan talking to each other at a press conference from like years ago or a year ago or whatever. And he goes, "I told him I want to end with the Pepsi plunge," and Tony Khan goes, "Ha!" And I told him I'm a Coke guy. 
<laughs> uh, Punk played a major heel. Look at if the crowd's gonna boo you, don't act like you're a face. It. And he did. You know, I'm who gonna else give was like them. That? You know who else was like oh, that? Oh yeah, uh, who, who could do face or heel and it didn't matter, right? Terry Funk. That is very true. Terry Funk. I'm actually excited to talk about that later. Which also, uh, the man made uh, several movie appearances. So oh, yeah. we'll talk about that as well. <laughs> I give this. I am only going on a five-star basis because I'm not a fucking psycho like Dave Melter and keeps changing it every year. Right. Five-star ranking. I give this one a three and a half. Three and a half stars. Wow. Okay. Melter gave it a four and a half. <laughs> It's good, man, but it's not my old school punk and Joe. I know what I'm getting right now. I liked Orton and uh, Cena in 2009. You do it in 2023, it's not going to hold a candle to their, their feud. I don't give a shit how you look at it. Yeah, fair enough. Just personal. And here's my thing. I didn't even know. I didn't even. I stayed off all websites yesterday or, okay, fam, during All In <clears throat> so that I didn't see anything because I was late to the party getting back from camping. So I didn't even know about this punk and Jack Perry bullshit because uh, that broke in 14 minutes into the pay-per-view. Everybody's like, oh, there's an altercation backstage and it happened right in Gorilla. And it's funny because on my notes, I actually wrote, once I found out the next match, I go, well, how is that walking by Gorilla? Because right. up next is Adam Page, Kenny Omega, and uh, Kota Ibushi against... Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Konosuke Tateska. So, how? I'm like, did they walk right by? And then you hear Punk had security walking him all over the place after this Perry shit. I can't believe they're both suspended. I'm still pissed off about this. I'm just going to... Just every now and then, I'm just going to go... <laughs> fucking Phil. Uh, the exact right team went over. The faces did not need a win. They are all known... These heels on the biggest stage for this company and for a good chunk of the guys on that team, as well as the guys that walked down to the ring with them, the guns, the heels needed to win, and they did. My only problem, Jay White, his move, his finishing move mm. is Sister Abigail. It's Sister Abigail or the crossroads, yeah. Never hits it. Yeah. Teased it so many times and was never able to hit it. I got to say... Five out of six people in this match belonged. <laughs> Page, yep. just to me, it, it was all like it was very... Everything minus New Japan. Everything that's not New Japan, you know what I mean? It was just an AEW person in a New Japan match. Ibushi, better than Blood and Guts. Still not looking absolutely Ibushi-like. I think he's lost his uh, golden star, no pun intended. Uh, he's he's not that guy anymore, man. He's just he looks extremely washed up to me. Yep. No, I agree. Yeah. I just uh, uh you know Takeshita and Robinson, both stars. Give them as much oh time as you and, can. And, and White. Yeah, White's good. I feel like I like Juice better. Oh my god! You know what I like about Juice is that he has a very high pitch, annoying voice, and he likely knows it, or at least can do that voice. He could probably talk just like us right here. But then when he's in the ring, he's like, come on, Jay White, come on. I can't even fucking do it. He's like a very, like, more like a, come on. Like, very, like, just, I don't know, very half Pee Wee Herman-like almost. But oh, very, wow. I, I, I like it. That's a weird it. comparison, I, I but, yeah. I like it. Whatever, I you know it. what I'm saying. 
I tried. Uh, it was great to see the the heels go over. I give this one a three point seven five stars. Uh, Meltzer gave it four and a quarter on a five star ranking. Mm-hmm. This guy, Jesus, is still giving fours. <laughs> this guy is still rating matches. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what he gave this one. (laughs) FTR versus the Young Bucks 3. The right team won. FTR closes the trilogy. Thank God. Which, thank God. uh, I will say, there was... Alright, I'll tell you right now my match rating, and I'm going to tell you why after. But I want to hear what Melty gave it. I'm giving this one a 4.25. Okay. What'd he give? 4.75. Okay. All right. Fine. Problem is, you know Matt's favorite Northern Lights suplex into a Northern Lights suplex it. into. Yeah. Same. Either he was not able to lift, or Dax was not on his getting off of his body or his body off the mat game. They tried it so many times, and it just looked like shit. I'm like, give it up, give it up, give it up, give it up, give it up. And it was multiple times they went to it, and I was like, something's not right with this. And it, it to me, brought it down. It was, And I, I actually wrote, it's a Northern Lights botch fest. Uh, <laughs> other than that, it was actually a pretty good match. Stealing each other's finishers were fantastic. Cash went to the well that he went wrong in match number one. He did a high-risk move, and it almost fucked him over again. He did a flip. Uh, and they were able to kick out. Bucks did the they do, what's the shatter machine or big rig, big rig. Oh my god! But then they did their own super kicks and shit. And oh my, it was just and, and a melter driver. I was losing my mind. I was like, okay, great way to to finish all this shit off. I'm okay with this. It's not a bad match. As much as I really can't stand the Bucks, they can put on a decent match when they're supposed to. And Kudos to them. In Wembley, they came out dressed like Freddie Mercury. There you go. I was just about to say it. Uh, so, yeah, they, they, totally, totally happy with everything right there. It was a great match. Um, they were just stealing each other's moves and finishers like they've known. They've wrestled each other for years, which it should be. And it's funny because if you saw the buildup, it was, we named you guys the FTR. And they're like, you didn't name us, man. Like, And it's the whole thing is forever the revival, but really it was the fuck the revival, as you and I remember when oh, yeah. uh, BTC was actually something fun to watch. Or what would it be? Uh, BTE. BTE. Yes. Oh, dear shit. Funny part. Before I even get into this next match, a Young Bucks streamer has been stuck from their entrance, right? Like, how it goes, and it's like, giant-ass streamers. Yeah, it stayed there to the end of the night. It was annoying as fuck. I was like, someone get it down, someone get it down. I don't care what you do. Get one of those real long, sticky hands that when you throw them in the air, they go to the wall. (laughs) I don't give a shit. What you have to do, get it down. It's bothering me. It was there all night. Anyway. You know what? You're in Wembley Stadium. We should have a Wembley Stadium stampede. Or not. That'd be cool, too. Uh, They did. So Phoenix had some visa issues. So they were down a guy. This part I did see as I was starting to travel uh, before heading into uh, 
woods and I couldn't have any reception for the rest of the weekend. I did see this and I was like, oh shit, they're going to start piecing things together and putting random people in. But oddly enough, oh, instead of adding three people to the Blackpool Combat Club, they just added Santina and, uh, Santana and Ortiz and said, okay, that's it. Five versus five. God damn. I don't know whose idea it was, who Booker they consulted the on that, but good job. Booker of the year. <laughs> no, but it's better than going the six. No. 100%. He would have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he normally he would have been like ah you know what we could probably put Big Show in here tonight just something stupid <laughs> you could turn you could turn at the end of the night okay let me ask you a question Santana and Ortiz last time we saw them now we did see Ortiz a little longer he was a part of that mixed tag team match that Ruby Soho got her fucking nose broken at all out last year yep but last time we saw Santana and Ortiz was blood and guts do you remember who they were teaming with was it still the uh what was it even before the fucking jazz what was it fucking uh no it was it was 100 jericho appreciation society oh okay versus kingston uh what was supposed to be brian danielson but ended up being claudio as well as what's that santana and ortiz Okay. They're on Kingston's side. For no yeah. reason, they should be feuding with with Kingston. Mm-hmm. But yet they did. Booker of the year. Yep. It bothered me just so much. I I it just I was like, this doesn't make sense. This makes no fucking sense to me. Like, even more so, your homeboy, Kingston, absolutely fucking hates Claudio. Why are you on his team? Booker Bro. of yeah. the year. Mm-hmm. Now, this thing was all over the place. Um, cameras couldn't even keep, keep up, which was fucking annoying. Like, we were missing things. Um, I mean, shit, they do it everywhere else, all across the world in death matches. You know what we should do? Put some skewers in John Moxley's head. Yep, <clears throat> I saw it. was pretty gross looking, too. Looked like part yeah, of his really scalp started gross. lifting off. Yeah, yeah, because it's funny because the more that they're going all over the arena, you're really peeling back the uh, the filter here and showing everybody how many empty seats there are in this fucking arena. There were a lot, and every time they were fighting all over the place, I'm like, "That's an entire row." <laughs> like, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yep. And then all of a sudden. Oh, actually, there's one part where fans actually had to start. Uh, they go, oh, my God. No, no, I'm sorry. I wrote that. I'm sorry. It. The whole point with the empty seats that made me laugh is that Excalibur goes, oh, my God, look it. All the fans had to run out of that area. Nice. Nice save of why it's empty. No. What a twat. Commentator yeah. of the year. So all of a sudden, Penta has a move done to him by Santana. And the refs come running over and they go, yo, 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 come here, come here, come here, come here. And I go, oh, fuck. Santana looks so concerned. And I was like, what? His first match back. And I think he just fucking broke Penta's neck because he's holding his head and around his neck. He was, he went, he did the, the bump, laid still. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just pops up, goes, ah, like within a half a second. Right. 
And I go, oh, my God. And I was like, you got to be shitting me. I'm like, this is bad. <sighs> Meanwhile, Trent's mom shows up in the van. Oh, buffungal. <laughs> and then lights go out. And it's dark penta Sierra Romero of the dark or whatever. It was just a different version. Penta the whole Oscaro. thing was a goddamn ruse. And I was like, a ruse. And I was like, oh, thank God. But also, good job, Santana, because you really you made you made me uh, fall for it. Would you say good? That's good. No, Penta Oscuro. I mean, that's that's who it was. But yeah, um, sure. You're his, Don't they, care. They, they, it was a ruse, a cunning attempt to trick you. What is that from? Is it a movie or a, a show? Movie. Yeah, it's a movie. Clerks. Name the actor. It says that. Oh. oh, it's Clerks. There it is. Oh, there it is. Okay. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Up next. Oh, wait. You didn't give a star match for that one. Oh. Eh. You don't want my star. Okay, fine. Uh, Melzer. Jesus Christ. Four and a half. <laughs> Out of here. Get the which I gave it, was, it one and it, a half. I swear it, to God. It was good as CM Punk versus Samoa Joe and better than Omega, Bushi, and Page versus Takeshita and Bullet Club Gold. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there, man. I don't even know if I'm going to hear any more of his ratings. I can't wait. But Soraya wins the women's fatal four-way against... Britt Baker, Hikaru Shida, and Tony Storm. This thing was all over the goddamn place. First, Soraya's entire family comes out with her. The brother that never I got saw, to make yeah. it. The parents, all of them. And they come out to We Will Rock You in Wembley, which is cool. Right. <clears throat> but what they were trying to get, I really think, was the video screen with Soraya. Soraya. Oh. And they were doing it with the song, right? No one was chanting. <laughs> they were just like, Body of a boy, make a bing. <laughs> Everybody's waiting for that part. So, um, it was cool, you know, live aid, AIDS. Yeah. So, um, it was a hometown win for Soraya. Ruby gets involved. Everybody's all mad. I think the outcasts are done with each other from Thank whatever God. we've seen here on this whole thing. Yeah, Let I'm Tony fine Storm with that. win back the title from Soraya. There you go. Ruby was in there for legit, legitimately like .004 seconds. Like, mm -hmm. she went in, did one quick thing, that was it. Sounds Thanks for coming. Right. Yep, no shit. Did you have to pay your own ticket to get there? Re relegated <laughs> to the job squad forever. I gave this 2.25 stars. Okay, Meltzer gave it three and a half. Notice where I'm at logically and where he's at. You know, and I'm not even an AEW hater. If I choose to watch one product versus another, it's generally AEW versus WWE. So you would think I would highly rate these things. Up next, a coffin match. <laughs> Happily spot. Um, I got to be honest. I had some feels here for Swerve, for Darby. Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Young yeah. guys in Swerve was let go from NXT. You know, he was... He's made his run through the indies, and this was huge. Yeah. Uh, he came out rapping. Um, and you know who else this was big for? Sting, dude. It was cool. Um, AR Fox was replaced in this by Christian. 
I don't know. I forgot the reason why, and I really don't give a shit. It's just it, it's yeah. another thing. But it, it kind of works with, you know, Darby going against Luchasaurus. I kind of like that Christian was 100%. there, too. That's a logical I'm sure decision. a lot of people yeah. are like, and here here comes Edge. Here comes Edge. No, Edge didn't yeah. show up. I told you. Ray ain't coming home. Next one. Uh, I gave this match three stars. Meltzer gave it four. <laughs> We're just on that one off yeah. from each other. I thought it was cool. Uh, there was a part where a table didn't break, and then Sting goes up and does just a really cool just body leg drop right on top of it, Swerve and Bro. It looked it like it was supposed awesome. to be an elbow drop, but then it turned into a leg drop, and he just landed straight on top of Swerve. It looked pretty brutal. You know Swerve didn't give a shit. He's like, yo, Sting just landed <laughs> on top of me in Wembley Stadium. I'll die. I'm good. Like that's it. Was, you know what I mean? Like that's a, It was a feel-good moment, I felt like, for all four guys in there. I'm like... For any one of them who were there, I'm like, I don't think Christian's ever wrestled in Wembley either. So it was right. just, it's a huge thing. I, I liked it. Uh, up next was Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay. God damn you, Chris Jericho. Did you hear what he did? Did you hear his Freddie Mercury tribute? So No, I heard I heard he came out and he played, the band <clears throat> Fozzie was there and they played uh, uh, Judas. Yes, which was cool. He sang it on the way to the ring. The guys played. But before he starts, he goes, Oh, no. 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 And the funny part is you got wrestling fans. Not every one of them are going to be listening to Queen. They're like, Oh, okay. So it's Scott Hall here. He is not qualified to do that, nor should he ever do it again. It's great because at the Amherst games, like in between plays, they'll play that audio of, of Mercury. Yeah, I love that. And it's so fucking great. Because every, everybody yeah, knows well, it and everybody does it. Yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah, well, A.O., Jericho, don't do that again. <laughs> For real. The match was really cool. Um, I actually really did end up liking watching them have their match. It was pretty pretty good overall. A um, lot of psychology between both guys, and it yeah. was great. I saw I saw the, one clip of a move. It was like a reversal into a reversal and a reversal. And I think it, Jericho ended up in the lot had him in the lion tamer or the walls. Yep. Yeah. And there was one part where he tries to low blow Jericho and he you know moves out of the way and he and Jericho gets to low blow him. You know it's funny because when I finally got to civilization, I was able to look at my phone. I saw a picture of jericho and osprey during their contract signing on dynamite and i saw osprey wearing just his green united empire shirt but then a green hat and i go what the fuck is john cena talking to chris jericho for quick glance it's what it looked like i was like i swear to god i thought it was john cena like like the hustle loyalty respect green era it's 100 percent what it looked like wow but i gave this match 4.25 stars wow four and a half from Meltzer. okay I actually really did enjoy this match. Um, I would say that, okay, I put Bucks and uh, FTR at the same thing, 4.25. Nothing got higher than that, by the way. Hmm. Both of those matches, I would say, in their own rights, were a show a show stealer, depending on how you looked at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I know that right. sounds stupid, because you can't have two show stealers, but maybe they're in the cahoots. But, match eight... The I don't know why the fuck we had to make this match at the last minute as well as uh, have a title change, but the acclaimed 
with Daddy Ass, which cool for him. All right, man, at his age at Wembley, winning the trios championship, cool. But did House of Black really need to go? Uh, need to drop these titles? I don't think so. No. Uh, and what's up? I don't know how old Julia Hart is, but Billy Gunn telling her to suck his suck this dick. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the laws are in England. I was like, no, it's totally fine in the UK. It's totally cool, man. You don't even know what they're allowed over there. Um, I gave this match two stars. It was all over the place. I didn't even care for it that much, and I watched nearly every move. Sounds like the only cool thing was uh, House of Black bringing out the uh, lantern. And Buddy Murphy was down. holding the lantern. Yeah, Very, uh, very cool. Yeah. They know how to make an entrance. I'll give them that. Uh, yeah, Meltzer gave it three. So, still low on it. Uh, <laughs> I think Adam Cole, MJF, the main event was better than I expected, to be honest with you. Mm. I was like, I just, I like Adam Cole, and I do like MJF in the right ring, in the ring with the right guy, like a Danielson, a Punk, um, some of your guys that, you know, have that storytelling ability. And I was like, I just don't know how these guys are going to main event. I would have rather seen uh, Punk and Joe main event, I think. Sure. And then I watched this match, and, and I was like, ah, shit. I gave this four stars. Hmm. 4.75 from Meltzer. Yeah, I knew he was going to. Uh, I did like that they had a callback, too, because they did the double clothesline. Which is, you know, a big thing that they were that they kept, you know, teasing throughout the thing, which was cool that they double close on each other and pin each other. And the crowd was like, Suck our dicks. No way are we ending this way. And Adam Cole says, Five more minutes, Max, which go back to their dynamite match all the way back before the blind eliminator tournament when they went to a draw. MJF was like, nope. MJF accepts. And then wins with the roll up. I liked it. They had a lot of great reversals. The The match was pretty decent, more than I thought it was going to be. And it was funny because at the end, you know, he's MJF is still, I don't, I guess, I, I guess he's face. I don't know. I'm having trouble understanding this thing. I, I'm like, he still has fucking told you. I uh, turned. Roddy tries getting involved and to a fail. I was like, so. So no one turned on anybody in the entire fucking match. That was the yep. turn. No one turned. The turn is that nobody turned. Yeah, you know, yep. Roddy. Roddy's the Ruby Soho. Yep. Poor guy. So what was great, though, is at the end of the match, MJF uh, you know, was trying to console Adam Cole. And he's like, but I lost. I lost. And MJF goes, here, take the fucking title. I don't want it. And I was like, wow. I'm like, okay, we're bringing this to a completely different level. And they hug it out, and they're ROH tag team champions, as well as, you know, MJF retains. And as they go off the air, someone put the straw down and walked <laughs> to the ring. Did you see the video? No. Yeah, when I say he put the straw down, I'm not saying, like, he did it maybe an hour before that. I'm saying at the exact seconds. moment before walking out. Because we are coming here next year, and we're doing all in, and we're doing all out. We're going to do your mom. We're going to do everything here in Wembley. I don't give a fuck. I'm stomping my foot right here. That's how he was seriously stomping his foot, and he was all jacked the fuck up. And I was like, I don't even understand how the crowd's hearing him. Adderall's hell of a drug. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Pepsi Plunge, I like Coke. Oh, man. So, 
Yeah, now, here I thought it was just a stupid blunder to do back-to-back weeks on pay-per-view and maybe just, all right, let's do it one time. No, 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 he's saying next year he wants to do the exact same goddamn thing. He's back there next year, August 25th. Give us a fucking break, bro. Unless we can pay, pay, if we can pay the same price for both of them in one shot, maybe. Fair. Well, and you don't even have to wait till after All Out is over. You don't even have to wait till full gear. Looks like those uh, rumors we heard from Warner Brothers is that they want to have more pay-per-views. Well, in October, you're getting Wrestle Dream, and it's on the one-year anniversary of Antonio Inoki's death. Yep. Of course, TK is going to capitalize on that, you oh, dickhead. Sure. Like, you didn't even... Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I won't even go down that road. Uh, and he's saying he hopes to get some New Japan people on the show for that. Mm-hmm. I hope all of them are like, you know what? Suck our dick. You're not <laughs> going to... you, bitch. <laughs> yeah, you, come on, man. That's You're going to capitalize off that? <laughs> you never even met him. <sighs> but speaking of, you know, doing something in a tribute, how disappointing was the SmackDown tribute for you? Seemed thrown together, uh, apparently. Was it yep. Street Profits and... Somebody had, Brutes. had a hardcore match. It was a Terry re- Funk hardcore match. Yeah, it wasn't at all even close. Not even by WWE sanitized standards was it a hardcore match. Um, you know, uh, I did like the video package they did for Bray. Um, it was cool that that Eric Redbeard was there. Uh, I, I did think that that was cool. And um, Strowman. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Um. L.A. Knight did a, a promo, and I get it. That was the Fiend's last feud, and and then you know, L.A. Knight even said he's like, yeah, I don't really know him. I wasn't really friends with him, but you know what I mean. It so it's just I I, I don't know. I it was it was. Let me ask right. you a question. Owen Hart is on your roster. He dies. Everybody does a tribute. Starts talking about him. Eddie Guerrero dies. It's everybody's talking about him. Mm-hmm. Fucking Chris Benoit died, and half of your show is people talking about that dude after, and you didn't even know he murdered his, his whole family at that point. You couldn't have some superstars just do some candid interviews. We talk about your production value all the time. Yep. And I get that, you know, it, it, you have Bray and Terry. How about you scrap your SmackDown plans for the night and just make it that only, man? The complete tribute show. You do your matches, you got your armbands and all that stuff, but at this point. I think you should have... I, I think they dropped the ball on how they could have done a tribute for both guys, but especially Bray, since he's on your current roster. He was there not too long ago. Right. Yes, last appearance was that blunder of the Mountain Dew dark match Black. with... Uh, w- yep, Pitch Black with uh, Uncle Howdy, mm-hmm. Bo Dallas. That we yeah, so so what do you think? What do you think? Do, do you think that they... I'm not asking you if you think they will. I'm like, do you think it's... Oh, they're going to capitalize on this and they're going to make Bo Dallas WWE champion as Uncle Howdy or some stupid <laughs> shit. Okay. Well, thanks for answering Look what the question. fuck they did with Eddie Guerrero's death. They're like, find the smallest guy in the roster and make him our world heavyweight champion. <laughs> yep. I did hear that. I don't know if this was on the show or not. I heard that Roman delivered the blue universal title to uh, Bray's family. Oh, Okay. Yo, he's your locker room leader. I hate to say this. Wasn't at the show. You couldn't fly in for that? Yeah. I'm not trying to be an asshole. Cody flew in. Well, Seth wasn't there because he was ending his family time. But, I mean, he said, he's like, when when Brody died, he's like, 
he's like, you know, he was talking with Bray, and Bray's like, just go hug your kids. Don't worry about anything else. So he's like, I know he would say that to me now, so I'm home with my kids. Did uh, did you see the video of Seth at the live event Yeah, in yeah. Minneapolis? He broke down on Crying that in the ring, yeah. broke. But then crowd's chanting, he's got the whole world in his hands, and then he right. ends it with, follow the buzzards. I was like, oh, respect to you, man. Good. Just goddamn. Because look at, man, the Shield and Wyatt's came in roughly at the same time. They all yep. were in NXT together. And then countless feuds with each other, which we're going to get into in a little while. Um, so it's that's why I was kind of mad that Roman wasn't even there. But like I said, you couldn't do some candid like interviews. But that's just me personally. That's how I would have liked to seen them do that show. Also, I was camping and didn't find out till fucking two days later how they did the show. So well, that's the thing I found day. out, and that's why I put it in the messenger group because I was like, well, he'll see it when he gets back, you know, as opposed to texting yeah. you, you know, so. No, I just, we were traveling between one site to another, and it came through, and I was like, what? And I was like, yeah, and I, same thing. I was like, he's probably got it wrong. <laughs> Let me look it up. <laughs> <laughs> and, hey, thank you to you. Thank you to uh, Lil John Buster. Even fucking Nightwing, man. No one ruined anything for Wembley. I had this weird feeling I was going to get one goddamn spoiler somewhere. <laughs> Nothing. And Shout I out actually to Nightwing. Was enjoy- yeah. We, uh, hey, hope you're doing all right, brother. Uh, but I do got to bring something up about Buster the Intern. He uh, messaged me last week. He said, Will Ospreay is indeed from the UK. I, go, I fucking knew it. Because last week I think you said you thought he was I Australian. I thought he was from New Zealand, yeah. No, no. Oh, it yeah, wasn't yeah, Ospreay yeah. that I said. No, I didn't say Ospreay was from the UK. No, I said we're gonna have to fucking. You go said back he wasn't. Listen to it. Now we're gonna have to go. Back I don't and listen, listen to it. our shows. No one does. Anyway, you know what? <laughs> Let's go to the fucking table. <laughs> Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! Oh man, you know what? We usually do the weekly cornet reference, and I feel like I'm gonna have to start doing weekly Eric Bischoff references. I don't do that. No, not necessarily, but, oh, man, this dude, I agree with him again on something. Many levels. First, he was like, the, I just read earlier, he's like, this whole fucking company's a mess. He's like, this whole thing's going to implode, and it's just, they're not going to make it. I don't think that AEW could really make it. If he, if Tony cannot get in, like, be in charge, basically, of all these guys the right way, this thing's going to implode. But... That's not what I agree with on Eric Bischoff or with Eric Bischoff this week. Bershoff. Uh old E B, Easy E, made a very, very, very valid point. Watch anything other than Dynamite and Collision, okay? Watch any other show. If you're gonna watch Raw, even for in Cafe Pal tonight, I see that tonight we're having like a Falls Count Anywhere match between Becky Lynch and Zoe Stark. And it's in prep for the Steel Cage match with her and Trish coming up. Mm-hmm. You know that match. And you know that we may get an interview from one person. That's it. AEW lays out their entire goddamn card to you almost an entire week in advance. And then by the day of, you know almost every segment of what's going to be on Dynamite tonight. And you can make the decision right there. Do I watch or do I not watch? They're ruining it. They're giving everything away of what... And I 100% agree. I do it. I go, let's see what tonight is. Huh. Orange Cassidy versus this guy. Nope. Ooh, John Moxley's <laughs> going to speak. Nope. <laughs> you know, I do the same fucking thing. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. 
Nah, I'll watch highlights or I'll maybe watch it tomorrow. The urgency of watching live, not even there. Not no, even close. Not. No. And I will even give you that for even Nitro. Back in its heyday, he would say next week we'll maybe have a match. But usually you went in the Nitro, you didn't even know shit. Mm-hmm. But even Raw back then, you didn't even know a whole lot. But even Raw right now, you only get one match announced. Maybe SmackDown. This Friday, we're going to hear from Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. That's it. That's Which all you knew you, you were going to get that anyway. <laughs> sure. But my point is that you but you tune in to see what the rest of it is. You right. fill me in on everything. I don't need to see it. Thanks for the cliff notes. Yeah, and especially now, you can almost guarantee that the first, the beginning of any, any of those shows is going to be Orange Cassidy. He always yeah. opens the show. Oh, he had his 30th uh, successful title defense. That's fine. Uh, Penta challenged him at the media scrum for tonight, and you, you, and he's like, I'm going to take that gold from you, and Alex Abrahentes talked, and I fucking hate him. Did you see he's not that bad? Oh, wait, no, that's the other guy. Who the fuck knows? Uh, so I did you see the interview where they were asking Cassidy about the whole pockets gimmick and everything? No. Did you see... Apparently, he does it so he can make sure that Tony's Adderall pills don't spill out of his pocket. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. I like that. That's great. That's a good thing to bring to the table. What else you got? Finally, the ODM is going back to Toronto. Yep. Oh, yeah? Mere, mere months after my fabled tale of my uh, previous excursion to Toronto, I'm heading back, actually leaving tomorrow or yesterday. Yeah, going to be good. Excited. Well, you know, don't get in uh, any in trouble, you know. Remember to... Yeah, I'm like 30 you know, years S-U-N-U-R-A, old. S-U-N-U-R-A, C-L-O-V-U-G. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Nice. Exciting, man. Yeah, Well, this time, just... Just take a look at every ID. I don't have to worry about that anymore. I'll tell my kid to watch <laughs> Oh, that, yeah, married. But he'll be able to get yeah. away with it. You know what, man? I cannot tell you how excited I am. for. I, I think the last time I was this excited about talking about the wars was probably when I was there. And, yeah, that's right, Revenge of the Taker. But, man... I'm excited because this was one of my favorite pay-per-views in the entire Attitude Era. Let's go to the wars. Monday Night Wars! D'Lo using that chest protector to his advantage. You can't do that to the referee! Oh, yeah, he can! Sable got in the head of these guys and showed them how to have fun. The loser will get his head shaved. The beautiful blonde locks of Double J. to expect in a structure like that. ODM, let me ask you a question. Do you know what today watch, or well, well, for SummerSlam 98, do you know what that means? Do you know what 
it officially means by watching this pay-per-view. Uh, it's the I no longer, I no longer have to hear. <laughs> I thought it was the 25th anniversary when your balls dropped. No, that was, oh, geez, that was, no, that was, I. that's the ninth anniversary. It was only like two, <laughs> three years ago. All right. Look. I didn't mean literally. <laughs> oh. Not gonna lie. You ever you ever listen to uh stand up with Ricky Gervais? Any of his stuff? Some of it, yeah. So our entire camping trip this weekend was us just finding different stand ups either on Netflix, things like that, Prime, and just putting them on, streaming it through the car while taking three, four hour drives. And we listened to two of his. His humanity and uh, I forgot what the other one was. And that's something he actually talks about. And yeah, check it out. I, if you haven't listened to his or watched his stand ups, fantastic. But we did do the Highway to Hell. We did do SummerSlam 98. It's the 25th anniversary. And I'd like to say, personally, you may not know this. This is absolutely. My favorite pay-per-view of 1998 for sure. Probably top three of the Attitude Era altogether. Where does Attitude stop for you? Let me ask you that question. Because it's sketchy to me. To me, everybody, nobody counts 97 with Hart versus uh, U.S., right? No one counts that as attitude, but to me, I'm like that's pretty kind of close, right? But it's pretty close. All right, fine. Let's say it's 98. Let's say it's even because it was what, like two weeks later, three weeks later. Let's just say beginning of 98, whatever. Beginning of 98. Where does attitude era end for you? When WCW died, I feel like it went back a little, a little further than that. Okay. I I almost want to say like, two thousand. Yeah, maybe two thousand two. That seems like a stretch. I feel like we. Uh, I'm trying to look. I feel like we've done this before, where we talked about the different eras of WWE. Right. Uh, I was trying to find it here, but I, I I'm not seeing anything. Um, I will say then, where I'm really getting at this is that this right here, man, it, the the. On paper, the card isn't exactly stellar, but like when the whole pay per view beginning to end, one of my favorites. Maybe because it's fucking Madison Square Garden. I love a good MSG show. Yeah, so uh, my thing with this is that it really. I got done watching it and not remembering, you know, the entire card. I got done with this. I'm like, that was a fucking great pay per view. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic. Just fun. Every match had something unique. As you know, as I do, I'd like to let you know where I was this time. You probably didn't watch this live. Where were you in uh, August of 98? Uh, I was back home in Rochester getting ready to finish up or, yeah, finish up at MCC or start at MCC or something like that. I don't know. Nice. So, on this day, I will say, you know, I'm 8th grade at this point. 
Sue. Jesus Christ. I know. I love talking this with you. But that being said, it was probably two, three weeks in advance. Can I get the pay-per-view? Can I get the pay-per-view? Can I get it? You got to ask mom and dad. And they were cool about it. They're like, no, this one, that's cool. You you actually fucking passed school this year. That's fucking cool. Congrats. (laughs) (laughs) Year before was touch and go. Anyway, uh, so we ended up, they were like, yeah, no, go ahead and have your, your friends over. However, that day, your dad is having uh, a work, there's a work party that's going on that was like in Webster. And you may remember my parents live in fucking Holly, so, you know, an hour. Um, but they had, it was a giant clam bake. So I had to go to my dad's work party. Knowing that I got my boy showing up at 7 o'clock, pay-per-view starts at 8 o'clock. And, man, being an adult and not giving a fuck about your kids, I guess I understand it, but I was like, it's six. It's six. We should fucking, we really got to go, because I'm, I'm having a panic attack over here. <laughs> I'm going to lose my shit. It's just the countdown. Not the countdown. Fuck you. Anyway. But, funny enough, is my cousin, she is like two years younger than me, but like two years older than my youngest sister. So they would hang out. She was like, yeah, I'll come back and hang out for the night. I'm like, oh, it's a bad idea. Because I got up with this one douchebag friend who I actually, for some fucking reason, happened to work with to this day at my company. Um, I was like, oh, he's going to fucking hit on her. I goddamn know it. I'm like, oh, goddamn it. And he was like, yo, what's her name? I'm like, mm, she doesn't have a name. Fuck you. <laughs> you know what it is, you know. And it's, it's anyway. But. That night, I had that douchebag. Well, well, let's start calling him that. His name is Zeke, but we're going to start calling him that douchebag. But we also had that boy there. My boy Spada. Uh, a man I've never talked about before on this show. My buddy Emery. And our very, very close buddy, Newbold. Justin Newbold, but we all called him Newbie. <clears throat> this dude was like the wrestling Wikipedia before the internet. We used to laugh with this dude all the time. Like, he would be like, he was like, well, he's actually, he hails from Tampa, but actually he really lives in blah, blah, blah. And we'd be like, yo, what's his fucking social security number, dude? <laughs> like, uh, about, man, maybe, whoo, shit, man, it's eight, yeah, man, seven, eight, nine years ago. Newbie passed. One of my favorite wrestling dudes uh, to always talk wrestling about and Buffalo Bills. One of my favorite dudes, like, just all time as a buddy from school. Uh, so... I miss him, especially with certain things when I'm like, yo, he'd rip this the fuck apart. Because he likes to rip shit apart. So, but he was always great to have at those uh, those pay-per-views. So that night, huge house full of pay-per-view, or er, full of uh, my buddies for a pay-per-view. Uh, we all start school a week or two. And me and this dude, Emery, are jawing with each other. Not bad. Nowhere near bad. I can't wait to the day that I get into a real story. Um, but and he's like, there is no fucking way that Austin's losing this. And I go, I gotta be honest, man. Taker's red hot. You got Kane. I go, I think fucking Taker's taking this tonight, man. I was like, I he's doing it here in Madison Square Garden. They're they're doing it. Fun fact: Did you know the very first WWE Championship title change happened only one year prior, when Hart 
beat Undertaker. All the years prior, from 88 to 96, no world title change. Mm. On SummerSlam. On SummerSlam. That's what I'm sorry. 100%. Yes, at SummerSlam. This one right here, I was like, oh, man. I think Taker's got it. And my, my buddy Emery just got the new Stone Cold Steve Austin championship belt. We're talking the styrofoam version, okay? And I go, I bet your title on it. And he goes, I bet your VHS tape that, that's recording right now that that uh, Austin wins this. Hmm. You know how this went. Um, but it's kind of funny because, you know, my dad being my dad, he heard this and he goes, you, you bet the title or the, 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 the tape. Why would you fucking do that? That's fucking stupid. You're getting all fucking mad at me. My buddy's like, yo, he's all right. So I'm going to make a copy of this at home and I'm going to bring you back your original. Okay. So you don't, you know, yeah, anyway, but it was funny cause we're having a good time arguing back and forth. Now I'm going to tell you something right now in 2001 if by some fucking reason we make it to Royal Rumble 2001 you're going to hear a story where that boy actually and myself almost got into a legit fisticuffs for him being a cunt and I'm talking in my house yeah that sounds about right um yeah I don't know that we'll get that far but if not you can just tell the story anyway bring it to the table that's true but you're gonna want to hear this shit but anyway that's anyway the joys of hosting a pay-per-view but that this being said I had a bunch of my boys over at the house it was one of my favorite pay-per-views because everything that was happening it, it was just such a great show from top to bottom. I'm so glad that you also got to find out, as you heard in our sound clip, finally who Sable's partner was. Because I was like, God damn, I can't wait for you to figure this out. But do me a favor. Break down SummerSlam 98 Madison Square Garden. You were telling the story. I almost forgot what we were doing here. You were so, supposed yeah. to tell me what you were doing that exact day. <laughs> no, I don't fucking remember. I don't remember what we did 15 <laughs> minutes ago. Uh, revisiting the Monday Night Wars, we are August 30th, 1998, SummerSlam 98. It's at MSG. Uh, I know you mentioned this is the last time you had your Highway to Hell, but naturally I watched it on the cock, and all I got was generic rock on the cock. <laughs> <laughs> Another, man, I, we need to start making a list of Oh, if it could only be our title for the show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Eric Rock on the cock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd pop for it, so <laughs> I had to keep it in there. <laughs> All right, so I got to say the in- the intro match, the opening match, was a kind of a mystery to me. I didn't quite get it, but, I mean, it is what it is. It was still a decent match. Uh, it was Val Venus versus D'Lo for the European title. Uh, I did listen to Val's intro. Uh he My came. favorite one of all time for him. Yes, please do I it. came, I saw, and I came again. Oh! 
Oh! He, he didn't do that. <laughs> nice! A dice man! <laughs> right. Uh, D'Lo is announced as formerly, originally from Chicago, now hailing from Helsinki, Finland. Yep. Every 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 show, because on Heat, they said he was from Portugal or something. So he's a European title. He's from a European, or hailing from a European country. Makes sense. Never done before, never done again, and I think it's fantastic. I used to love this. Yep. It's the only way I even knew where certain parts of the Well, that's Carmen were. San Diego. Well, that too. Yeah. You're like he- taking social studies, they're like... And then there's Finn, and I'm like, oh, Gilo Brown lived there for a week. (laughs) (laughs) So D'Lo's in control most of the match. Uh, He goes for a power bomb, but he just drops Venus commentary. He's like, oh, you know, a lot of perspiration out here or something. It is the middle of summer. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And it's just they kind of just sat around for a minute, and then they did it again. It was a running power bomb, which is kind of sketchy when you think about what happens with that move later. But, you know, that's just a weird correlation you make in your head, I hope. What happens? Asshole. (laughs) Uh, at one point, Valvinus takes off D'Lo's chest protector. He puts it on. The ref tries to stop Valvinus from going to the top rope, uh, knocks him off and crotches him on accident. So Val's like, well, let me try again. The ref stops him. Valvinus just shoves him to the mat. Ref calls for a DQ. Uh, Valvinus slams the ref and hits the money shot on him. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn. I love it. Yeah. You know what's something. funny? Is I was admittedly that dumbass that, you know, I was in eighth grade, you know. I knew some things. I didn't know everything, okay? Maybe when we have our next non-wrestling conversation, I'll get into when I really understood what certain things were. In life. Or not. But That's fine, one. too. <laughs> <laughs> or not. You're right. I'll text it to you. But no. <laughs> I was like, money shot. I was like, I was like for, I'm like, is that because you get like paid for doing that, that porn flick? And my buddy was like, nope. <laughs> oh. That's yeah, the only one see, I we're just going to avoid this one. Okay. Anyway. Michael Cole's backstage. Let me tell you a little story about the birds and the bees. (laughs) No, just listen to the song instead. Cole's backstage with Mankind in a hearse that uh, under Austin destroyed on heat earlier that night. Uh, Mankind's just going on a rant about how he rented the hearse and he's not going to get his money back. Um, Basically, he brought the hearse to put Kane in, but uh, it was a funny spot. Uh, Next, you get the Kai and Tai versus the Oddities. It's a four-on-three handicap match. So, thankfully for me... Not only is there generic rock on the cock, but there's also no ICP on the cock. You. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God so, for that. Here's the thing. Uh, they, they actually they, they, this was heavily edited. There was like barely an intro, and they right after the match was won, they cut right away to the next segment. There was no you know, ICP the both, stuff. The, no, not even just the music. It's they sang them to the ring. They were there. Yeah. Not on the fucking, on the cock. They were not singing under the ring. Man. Licensing. I Eminem's lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> Don't repeat the name, okay? All right. Hero or hate crime. Great <laughs> episode of It's Always Sunny. Let's move on. Oh, my God. Now, let's not start on that again. We'll never get back to this. Uh, next, you get Jeff Jarrett with... Uh, 
Southern Justice versus X-Pac in a hair versus hair match. Uh, on Heat, Jeff Jarrett and Southern Justice buzzed the almighty Howard Finkel. Howard Finkel. Howard Fink's hair. That's said Fink. He is so Finkel. Fink Howard Finkel. Yeah. <laughs> Fink accompanies Pac to the ring, and he does... The Fink does worse DX, DX chops than Tyson. Oh, my God. It was terrible. It looked like a guy in a nursing home attempting it. It was pretty bad. Pretty much. Pretty much. That's it. Uh, JR points out that the loser gets his head shaved, and that means by any result, uh, at one point teasing X-Pac uh, might get counted out, but he didn't. King says, you can't, you can't do this to Jeff Jarrett. You can't cut that beautiful hair. He's a natural blonde. JR goes, how, how would you know? <laughs> can we can we just be honest can we just be honest and say that jr and lawler were just as important as most of the wrestlers during the attitude era and it's it, it that's why everybody calls them the best duo uh it's because when everybody calls them the best duo it's because it's the most heavily watched era sure. in that time and that's why everybody likes them the most i i think there's other duos that have been just as good, but nah, man. They're, they're, Gorilla they're and the Heenan. top duo. Gorilla and Heenan is, for me, that's always my favorite. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, we're just get back to this match here. Or, uh, or McMahon and Ventura. Don't tell me, McMahon. I was, was there. There, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty good one. So uh, Fink starts John with the ref. Jarrett clocks him uh, pretty bad. Fink actually took a good uh, apron bump to the floor. Uh, one of the Southern Justice guys distracts the ref. The other goes for a guitar shot on Pac, but he ducks and guillotines him on the rope. Pac has the guitar. He'd shot while the ref distracted, gets the win. The outlaws come to the ring to run off. Southern Justice and Jarrett, well, not Jarrett, obviously. Draws and the headbangers come down as well. Uh, they've all fallen victim, or maybe the headbangers are just jealous because they're bald. Uh, Slaughter's in the ring overseeing everything. What I liked about this is headbangers are holding him. Draws is in his face talking shit. And you can hear Jarrett yelling, Kyoto, Kyoto, what the hell's wrong with you? He hit me with the guitar. I didn't see the guitar. Are you fucking blind? They're just jawing back and forth. It was great. It was, it was better than the actual hair cutting uh, because yep, wet hair with, with a pair of clippers that are long, you can't. It's almost impossible. They had to switch over to actually a pair of shears at one point. Um, and then, let, let me just say, the gimmicks aside in this match, this was these two worked really well together. This was a fucking yep, good match. Um, and then at the end, they're just like, oh, by the way, Method Man's in the crowd. <laughs> Pretty sweet. Good to see him there. I I did like uh, no I, I absolutely not did like I'm sorry I absolutely hate when they do a hair versus hair match that the first option isn't a pair of fucking scissors. They're like, no wait you got two feet of hair and you're soaking wet. Not an issue. We got this under control. It'll shave. Right. It never fucking works. Nope. I don't think ever. Yep. So there was that match. Uh, next we see Doc Hendricks at the Lions Den. It's not in the main arena. They have like a companion arena, you know, next to like a smaller venue next door. Uh, that's where that was. We hit Cole with the Rock um, on Heat. Rock hit Triple H in the back of the knee with the title. And the Rock says to Cole, the Rock is thinking I'm knocking the yellow off your teeth if you keep asking stupid questions. I'm going to kick it back to the jabronis at ringside. Gotta love the <laughs> fucking Rock. Gotta love him. 
So, Marrow and Jacqueline versus Sable and question mark. The suspense is killing me. I hope it'll last. It didn't. It was Edge. I, like, I don't understand. Like, yes, it's cool. We get to see Edge actually wrestle. We've seen him a couple times on TV, but not really wrestling other than we almost murdered Lothario, but it's a different story altogether. I liked it. I was happy with it. Yeah. No, it, it wasn't bad. It was good And to that see is exactly the, uh, two, three weeks ago. And you're like, I have no idea who it is. And I even dropped another hint when I was like, well... You know, Edge was reflecting about his first pay-per-view here in Madison Square Garden. Oh, yeah, I just thought you were on It was 25 like years ago. Yeah. I even said it, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, was, I wasn't paying attention, probably. That's probably all that was. Uh, there's not much to talk about this. Uh, Sable hit a top rope Rana on Marrow. Way to bury him even more. Uh, Jackie's in the corner. I did Kiss this, this puss goodbye. <laughs> Jackie's in the corner. Edge whips Marrow into her. He falls flat back bump, and then she falls heed first into his dick. Everybody popped for that. Uh, Edge and Sable hit a double team, which actually wasn't bad looking. I mean, Edge did probably most of the work, but Sable pins Marrow for the win. There you go. Where she does basically, she's like laying on her back, and then she throws she her legs through, up in the air. He yeah. grabs her and then slams her, so it's basically like yep. a, a yeah, Alabama slam, slam right on the yeah. person who's laying on the, the ground. And awesome move i i don't think up to that point i don't think i'd have really seen it so it was cool there you go next you get cole with mankind uh, it's reported that kane's not going to show up tonight which obviously means he will um cole's asking him are you still going to defend the tag titles because if you don't remember kane and mankind are the tag champions um mankind says he may just forfeit the titles and he tells cole why don't you come and tag with me vince stops mankind calms him down um he says, you know what? This is MSG. It's history. This is where you belong. Yeah, I don't know if you can defend the titles on your own, but I'll guarantee you'll be in the MSG Hall of Fame. And he goes, I don't have my sledgehammer. <laughs> Which he did have earlier, so I don't know. So then Vince is like, oh, no, no, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. He finds a silver platter <laughs> and just gives him that. Mankind says, if the outlaws don't like it, I have 13 wood words for him. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? <laughs> Oh, God damn. I forgot how much I really like Foley in this era. He's great. Uh, Next, you get the Lion's Den match. Uh, This is the theater at MSG. King at one point goes, Owen wants to be the champ of this structure, whatever you call it. JR goes, how about the Lion's Den? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking clock. Thanks, dick. Uh, Owen locks on a sharpshooter. Shamrock climbs up the cage while he's in the hold to break it. That was a badass spot. That was a badass spot. Loved that move. Yep. Loved it Uh, 25 years ago. Loved it on this one. That was fucking great. And then he does like a run up the cage, back flips into an arm bar, and then right into an ankle lock. Severin was going to throw in the towel, and he just walks away. Owen submits. This uh, This was solid. This was solid. Uh, Fantastic Shamrock, match. Shamrock was doing the the jumps off the side of the cage to hit a strike. Um, yeah. Now this was a hardcore. Solid match. <laughs> hardcore. Hardcore. <laughs> I think. Uh, I no lie. We were like nothing's topping that tonight, man. I don't think you, anything's going to get better. But the the show gets better. But yeah. So uh, you get Cole backstage with Austin. You know, basically saying Austin respects Taker more than anybody in the locker room. But enough being sappy. DTA. Next, you get Mankind versus the Outlaws for the tag titles. It's a no-holds-barred falls count anywhere. The dumpster is back at ringside. It looks like they went with a budget one. This one's a little smaller. 
Um, it's a spike pile driver by the outlaws for the win. They maintain control most. Uh, Mankind had a few hope spots, but never was it really able to break through. They drag Mankind out of the ring, throw him in the dumpster. Outlaws are in the ring celebrating, and then Kane pops out of the dumpster. <laughs> because wrestling. And takes the sledgehammer and just up, apparently, we can only assume what it is, bludgeons him in the head. <laughs> in the heat. And they're just like, suck it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, like you said, you know, you didn't expect Kane to show up. Obviously, you know, duh. He was going to as soon as they said he wasn't going to be there. Yeah, but he straight just drove that pile driver down full force. And then it was funny because he had trouble rolling it up the ramp. <laughs> he apparently hasn't used that kind of dumpster before. <laughs> he goes, especially, oh, I got to push it from the other end. Shit. <laughs> Usually when I kill people and put them in a dumpster, I actually have one that has, like, all-wheel drive. This one, actually, I have a wonky wheel. It has the Forrest Whitaker eye of a wheel. Yep, the wonky wheel. We've all experienced that. Uh, so the DX band, the, the band that sings the DX theme, I don't know their fucking name. Uh, they start coming out to the ring. They have wireless packs, and the drums are set up in the in the ring. The sound on this was fucking terrible. It was terrible. Yeah, they went 0 for 1 at WrestleMania. Let's go uh, 0 for 2. Why not? It's fucking, yep. They it must have had a contract. At one point, Triple H just screams D-Generation X in that part of the song. He's got the singer on his shoulders, and uh, at the end, Triple H and uh, the drummer destroy the drum set. Is it me, or does it not look like the lead singer is Seth Green? Maybe. Looks like a... A little bit. Singing version of Seth. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I think he's too tall to be Seth Green. Maybe that's why I'm, I'm thrown off, but yeah. Well, Maybe I see Seth Green in one of those uh, too hats. too tall to be Seth Green. Yeah. So. But uh, I don't know, man. This might be match of the night right here. It's a uh, triple It H is. And versus, this is the... Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, I hate to say, this is the sit back and watch match. This is uh, The Rock and Triple H and a fantastic ladder match. And I think one of the only times we get a yellow ladder. Yeah, yeah, it was very out of place, yeah. And here's the thing, too, man. They didn't fucking even get the ladders in until maybe, like, five minutes in. Like They, yep. they waited. It was a they wrestling took, match for the first yeah, they couple, took, yep. which is cool. Yep, they took their time. Uh, Mark Henry's there. He does the tongue wag at China, blows her a kiss. Uh, another thing that I liked about this is the title wasn't already there. They put it on the fucking ring and then raised it up. I like that. I agree. I think the champion should at least bring his fucking title to the ring. Exactly. Even if it's his last moments with it. Got to yep. get rid of it, what, hours before the pay-per-view? Yep. There you go. So, yeah. That's what I said. I said, well, I didn't do that anymore. But, uh, yeah, they fight off to the entrance ramp uh, longer than usual before the ladder is in the ring. Like I said, Rock's working the knee that he injured earlier on Heat. Triple H sliding drop kicks the ladder into Rock's face, busts him open. Uh, Rock hits on people's elbow while Triple H is lying on the ladder. Triple H took most of the punishment and most of the ladder spots in this match. There's no fucking doubt about that. Uh, at one point, it actually seemed like the fans were cheering for Rocky. I don't know if my sound yep. was fucked up, but yeah, they, they were starting no, to No, 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 no. The crowd was pretty, not split, but it, it was a live New York City crowd, man, and they were vocal for both, and it, yep. it was, the match was great. Yeah, yeah, it, it was good. Um, 
Triple H hits a pedigree as he's getting up. Henry throws powder in his eyes. They both go up the ladder. China crotches Rock off. Uh, Triple H gets the title. Fucking massive pop. DX DX comes to the ring to celebrate. Yeah, again, I. What else can I tell you? This was a fucking fantastic match. They they put each other through hell. Uh, it wasn't too over the top, and uh, they they didn't rely on high spots. It was just good back and forth. And I mean this in a real serious way. Man, poor Austin and Taker. They had to follow a pretty hard match because that was a good match. Right. And, you know, if you remember SummerSlam 97 one year prior, it went Intercontinental title match to world title match. Mm. And that year prior was when Austin had a broken neck from Owen Hart. Then we go Taker versus Bret Hart. Right. We just went from a real solid match, and now it's like, oh, shit, we really have to deliver in this match. No, no shit. And they, I think they do. Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. So uh, there was exclusive home video footage. It was The Rock being escorted to the back by the doctor, and it was funny. You could hear a producer in the back calling for Taker, uh, basically to get him in a gorilla. Uh, they go into the dressing room. Uh, he tells the doctor to get the hell out of there, doesn't need his help, and he just cuts a, a nice promo on Triple H, still putting himself over as the greatest IC title uh, holder ever and the people's champion. So not a bad little segment. Uh, you know, it still kind of gives the people what they want to see, which is The Rock, obviously, oddly enough. Um, so, yeah, so we go to our main event. It is for the world title. It is Austin versus Undertaker. I did not realize in all my years of, of watching documentaries and stuff the that this is the match, the famous spot where Taker's bent over and he whips up real quick and just clocks Austin right in the jaw. Just about knocked Austin off. You could see, or, or knocked him out. You could see for the following few minutes that Austin still wasn't fully there. He was... You know, kind of stumbling a little bit. He definitely looked out of it. But, yeah, Austin tells the story. <laughs> Taker comes up, clocks him on the jaw, falls on his back, and he looks up at Hebner. He's like, what the hell is going on? He's like, you're in the garden, son. Get up. So, but, yeah, I didn't realize that, hey, that was. Where am I? Yeah. I, I don't know realize, you. Yeah, I didn't know that this was the match. So, at one point, Kane comes to the ring. Uh, Taker waves Kane off. Uh, he just goes to the back. Taker hits this might be the best choke slam I've ever seen Taker hit. Austin's on the apron. Uh, Taker's in the ring. He reaches over, puts his hand on his throat, lifts him up over the top rope, and carries him to the middle of the ring and, and power slams him. It was fantastic looking. Um, uh, the crowd was fucking hot for this one, too. You would think maybe they, you know, wore themselves out in the last match? No way. That's what I was. That's what I mean. I'm like, how, how do you follow up? It was two back-to-back classic matches. 100%. One was just better than the other, you know, between two young up-and-comers. Right. Maybe we've seen a lot of Taker and Austin already at this point for me. Um, But, I mean, this was solid, and the crowd was split 50-50. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, This is another, uh, there's another famous spot in this match. This is where Austin's on the announce table. Uh, Taker goes to the top rope and hits the leg drop that... Leg drop. The table doesn't really break. They kind of just slide off of it. Yeah, they kind of just... The top is like, I'll fall. Everything everything else is going <laughs> to yeah. stay here. It still looked nasty. Still looked nasty. One thing that I noticed about this is, so you know they, at the entrance ramp they have the gates, like it's supposed to be like the cemetery gates or the gates from hell, right? Red back backlighting. All night you see producers and staff and, you know, stage members are just running back and forth. You can running see Running by it. Yeah, dude. This, Jesus this, Christ. This, yeah. I'm not even Vince, and that pisses me off. <laughs> I know, right? A bunch of people got fired. 
Um, so uh, Austin, so earlier in the match, Taker went for an old school attempt. Austin reversed it. This time he goes for it again. Austin crotches him and hits the stunner to retain. Taker grabs the title. He looks at it. He hands it to Austin, gives him a nod and bounces. Kane joins Taker on the ramp and they head to the back. I think this was a good feud, a short term, even though it was because it was really predicated all on their mutual respect for each other, but we're still going to kick each other's asses. I liked it. And to me, it's a prelude to mid-99. Yep, 100%. Because they're going to go at it again. Yep. But also, my version went, (laughs) and where it gave you an entire recap of the night, and the last thing is where Taker's handing Austin the title. (laughs) Done. Done with that. Thank God. That's it. I hope they play. You know what's great? Recap. There isn't even a raw the next day, so I don't even have to worry about a fucking recap of Highway to Hell. Let's go to Nitro. Let's go to Nitro. How do you think the show starts off? Just like it does every week, Hogan and Bischoff come to the ring. Bischoff says, "Hey, I want you guys to know. I let the police know I'm packing tonight. I got a concealed weapon. It's the most powerful weapon in the world. It's a pen." Great. Uh, Eddie, you will wrestle tonight. Warrior, you won't. Uh, Hogan puts over Stevie Ray, says he's going to prove his loyalty at War Games. So Stevie Ray will be on the black and white team. And Bret Hart will be the third man. We get Goldberg chance. Hogan says, Warrior, why don't you get your ass out here? The lights immediately flicker. Warrior comes to the ring, and when the lights flick, when the lights come back up, we see that black and white are surrounding the ring with Warrior in the middle of the ring. Lights go out. Warrior says, speak to me, Warriors. And the lights come on. There's fog in the ring, and the Warrior's gone. (sighs) Yes, that too. Snarls. I think I have noted three signs for this episode. The first one, La Parca is Mike Tanay. (laughs) (laughs) I popped for that one. That's a really good sign. <laughs> it's a good sign. Uh, Jim Powers versus Wraith. Wraith is, wins the squash. Uh, Gene, we have another Nitro Grand Prize winner. This, this time it's at a high school. Yeah, they and, uh, they want to see the Nitro girls. Well, duh. Uh, they got Jim Duggan with them, so that ought to, that must have been a fucking. Gene's like, time. but y'all got to get fucked up and drink like we do at the college parties. Gene does not let us down. Uh, he does have a great moment. Uh, we'll get there when we get there. Uh, happy to see Norman Smiley on TV again. He's facing Squash Norton, unfortunately. Uh, Norton's like, I ain't got time for this. He power walks to the ring. Uh, he keeps breaking the count to inflict more punishment. It lives up to his name again, Squash. Uh, lights flicker, go out, and we see Warrior in the rafters. Who this motherfucker think he is, Sting? <laughs> You really would think with this squash record of Norton that he'd be the next guy to have a major feud. Not even just like a squash match against Goldberg, as I'm sure it's going to be. Right. Uh, We get a pre-taped interview with Tanay and Lodi and Saturn. So basically something happened on Thunder where Saturn is now Lodi's bitch until Fall Brawl. Um, Saturn cuts this basically promo saying, hey man, I was an Army Ranger. I have my respect. I have my dignity. I don't like him, but I'm going to live up to my word. I'm not going to be raped of my dignity. Okay. Just like in that Whitney Houston song, right? Because the greatest. Love all. No. Love all. Wolf back to the ring with no sting. Uh, Luger has a goatee. 
That's fucking hilarious. That was worth <laughs> a laugh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Luger says Sting is coming to the arena. He'll be here tonight. We're, uh, Luger and Sting are going to face Hogan and Hart. Uh, Nash says War Games is going to be Sting, Luger, and Nash, and that DDP has till next Monday to decide on which way he's going to go. Uh, Piper, next time you stick your nose in our business, you're going to pay the price. Tells Warrior he heard a story of an ancient warrior that walked alone, fell asleep under a tree, woke up, and four wolves were looking at him, yada, 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 wolf pack. <laughs> <laughs> and Odele <laughs> Olale Conan uh, Shivani's in the ring with J.J. Dillon Dillon calls Arn Anderson to the ring wants to have a one-on-one one -on -one conversation with a close friend Dillon says he found an old tape he shows it on the Tron it's, a, it's an Arn Anderson promo from back, back, back in the day when he was young uh, it was on the beach uh, talking about lots of talents wanting to go to Mid-Atlantic Territory. Just kind of promo on them, uh, mentioning Steamboat, Magnum, TA, and Dusty as a few. Uh, Dylan says it's over 15 years old, so do the math. Figure out back when that was. Um, so Benoit and Mongo come out to the ring. Uh, you see Benoit's left arm is like in a weird like old-school metal brace. What do they call D, her high school name with the back thing? The machine? Or the metal machine? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's what his arm looked like. It was, yeah, it was very Terminator esque. Um, they have a little three man powwow off mic for the horsemen, the three horsemen. We get, we want Flair Chance, so obviously this is getting what you want out of it. Arn Anderson goes to leave. Dylan stops him and says, "Hey, I was there for you 15 years ago. WCW and I, we need you now." Arn says, "Why are you doing this to me?" Dylan says, "I think you're afraid of all this," and apparently he is because Arn just leaves, pulls the Glock out, shoots him. <laughs> blau, blau. Help. <laughs> Hour two, you get Brian Adams versus Eddie. Warriors in the rafters. There's a sign. Second one. Shut up and sit down, fat boy. Oh, <laughs> uh, that boy must have been in the crowd talking a lot of shit that night. Uh, Eddie's not happy to be there, obviously, and he just lays down. Was Russo already here at that point? Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> he wasn't, but... Um, <laughs> Eddie doesn't fight back. He just covers up. Adams eventually does the one-foot pin, and that's it. Eddie does a promo on Bischoff, but they cut the mic halfway through it, so... Uh, next, you get the Cat versus Riggs. Apparently, Cat turned heel on Thunder on uh, Disco Doucher. Uh, the cat wins. This no promo after. Uh, I'm sorry. He does a promo after. He says, "Don't hate me because I'm beautiful." And then it's funny because after the sign that we just saw, the cat goes, "Hey, fat boy, sit down." So I don't know if he saw the sign or. <laughs> Are you sure he wasn't holding it before that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he basically says, "Nobody here who can stop me." There you go. So we're gonna start seeing a lot more of the cat on the uh, mid card here. Uh, we go back to the high school. Gene says something to Kimberly about DDP. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then right next to him is, is a fan that's uh, dressed as Sting with the red face paint. And as soon as Kimberly leans in, this guy, this kid, tries to lean right into her tits. Like, he literally <laughs> just, just like, yup. And Gene goes, hey. Whoops. What, what? Gene just goes to him and goes, hey, what's your deal, pal? I'm the Stinger. Sure you are. We believe anything. <laughs> I'm the rapist. I mean, I'm the stinger. 
It was great. Uh, next, you get Conan versus Marty fucking Janetti. Janetti actually got Conan. some offense in. It was it was it was a match. It was a match. So I'm pretty sure we saw this on Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, he had a decent <laughs> thing, and then he beat the fuck out of a hooker. Oh no, no, wait, that was uh, 2005. No, wait, no. <laughs> Next, you get Saturn with the flock. Conan with the flock now. Conan with the flock now. No, not Conan Canyon. I fucking yeah chicken nuggets when i was typing this canyon is with the flock now maybe that happened on thunder because i don't think that was a thing last week but whatever this whole fucking flock thing has been a shit show from the get-go so oh absolutely yeah raven tells canyon to break saturn he says so you got pride and integrity but raven and i don't hit me and he just screams hit me for about five minutes uh and raven says oh you won't do it will you saturn well see how much integrity do you have with Lodi as your tag partner so we get Saturn and Lodi versus High Voltage. Saturn says, I'll start. I'd like to win. He actually says that to Lodi. Lodi says, no. Lodi starts. He takes one bump, tags Saturn in. Saturn does all the work. Uh, Saturn tags him in just so he can get the pin. That's it. Yep. Oh, boy. God, these fucking Nitro shows, man. We get Shivani yep. in the ring with Diamond Dallas Page. DDP calls Shivani T-Bone. I don't I'm know not sure that one's going to stick, but all right. I don't know if you uh, are familiar with that Seinfeld episode. Oh, I am. Yes. I actually looked it up just to see. So we're in August of 98. That episode came out in April of 98. Okay. So he's been sitting so, on that one. He's been yeah, waiting. He's definitely so been I can't wait to use it. this one. Yeah. DDP goes on this long-winded rant about congratulating the New Jersey team that won the Little League World, S- World Series, DDP being from New Jersey. Uh, they won as a cohesive unit. He compares Team WCW to that. He calls out Piper. Um, they had they camera crew decided to give us five seconds to ten seconds of uh, two nice young ladies in low-cut white shirts. <laughs> okay. Maybe Gene was on camera. I <laughs> Wait, so what button? What does this one do again? <laughs> um, so Piper starts talking about being told that Brett is his cousin. Brett comes to him and says, hey, my dad says we're cousins. I don't know anything about you. Uh, talks about Brett's first big league match. He says his skin was as white as baby powder. He had purple trunks and boots. He was halfway between Barney and a Power Ranger. Okay, very topical. Number one for the time yeah. being. Always is. Number two. Really? Do we have to go this road? Yeah. Uh, I saw another sign. This is our third sign that I've documented so far for this show alone. Sign is, who are you kidding? That's a skirt. (laughs) Poor Piper. Giant comes to the ring, beats them both down. Security comes and officials, they cuff Giant. And Giant looks at the camera and goes, hey, hey, Easy E, come and get me out of jail, baby. And then Heenan goes, Tanae, you got any cigarettes on you? <laughs> Tanae starts talking. And Heenan's like, hey, do you got any cigarettes on you? <laughs> he needs one before he gets in the car. Let me hook him up. <laughs> That's my oh, husband. Let him have a cigarette. It was so great. <laughs> hour three, we get Scott Steiner to the ring with the doctor. I'm not. Feels I'm like not hour eight. I, I'm not talking about this. Do you want to talk about this at all? Because I'm not. No, I'm good. Okay. Next, you get Hoovy versus Evan Courageous, spelled K-A-R-A-G-I-A-S. Cruiserweight title match, Hoovy wins. This looks like it was a tryout for Courageous. 
Uh, Gene's back at the high school. Uh, they show that one of the coaches who submitted their entry. <laughs> I got nothing. Just sounds fucked up. All I can see is him walking around with his mustache Gene, and bald head. Gene Anybody want to do an interview? Gene is back at that high school. <laughs> Gene is back <laughs> on the sex offender registry list. The fucked up thing is the coach that submitted it looks exactly like Draws. I thought it was Draws for a second. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing at WCW? Yeah, it was weird. Very weird. Uh, next, you get Jericho versus Disco Dingleberry. Girls. Jericho wins what? Nothing. Okay, fair enough. Nash joins commentary for the Goldberg match. Uh, Goldberg's facing Al Green. No, not that Al Green. Uh, I never realized how much Goldberg... <laughs> Love and happiness. <laughs> what's going Better on? Get my it, ass speared by Goldberg. Too, you know, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, it was a squash. I never realized Wait, you how say much... what's going on? Yeah, that's Marvin Gaye. It's Marvin Gaye. That's what I just said, dick nuts. You said Al Green. And then right before you said, you said, who is it? I said, it's Marvin Gaye. Go back, check the tape. You're Marvin Gaye. You're... <laughs> Boo! It's been a while. Let's wrap this shit up, B. Uh, Hogan Please? and Bret Hart versus Luger and Sting. Hart tags Hogan when he wasn't looking. Hogan not too happy. Hogan actually does a lot of work in this match, and they they had a lot. They gave this a lot of time. I'm actually really surprised. Sting's the hot tag. Uh, Sting, it looks like Disciple fucked up. Disciple was supposed to pull Hogan out of the corner, so Sting had to set up the splash like for a third time. Uh, they did the spot. Sting misses the splash. Hogan uses the weight belt on Sting. Hart stops him, takes the belt. Hart starts heading to the back. Hogan stops him. They argue. And Hart said something that commentary pointed out after is, you gave me your word. Black and white get counted out. Hart and Hogan square off in the ring. The Disciple tries to break it up. The fog starts to billow into the ring, and then it just stops. And then the rest of the black and white come to the ring. Fog starts again. The lights out. Warriors in the ring. Lights go down. Black and white are down. Hogan's cowering in the corner. Warrior tells Hogan he can get up now. We can smell your fear. Hogan just powders. And we're out of time. We'll see you on Thunder. Two things are going through Brett's head while doing all of this. You stand next to Hogan and be like, it's the motherfucker that took my belt ten seconds after I lost it to Yoko. Yep. Second thing that's going through his head is, ah, oh, I should have just took the fucking lesser paid WWE. This sucks. Oh, my God. Warriors here now. This can't get any any better. Yep. Oh, it doesn't. I feel bad for Brett while watching all this yeah, shit. Of course. I swear to God. Uh, you know, you know, Brett loves to paint himself as the fucking the victim. So. Oh, yeah. So, he did a good job at it in WWE and you know, now WCW. Maybe he's going to blame The Rock one day when he hits that bike and strokes out. Maybe he'll Let's go to our top topic. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for...
I was just thinking, I'm like, usually every time I'm, you know, ready to do Top Topic, my first words are, I am so excited to talk about this. I'm not really excited to talk about this Top Topic. I gotta be honest with you, man. No. This was, uh, at first, and I mean this in no shitty or disrespectful way, and, I mean, and I'm going to preface, you know, I, I've never really, really been a huge follower of Terry Funk's work. I like, I've seen a lot of his stuff, but it's not like I went out of my way and he was in my top anything. And I mean that just respectfully. So I was like, yeah, no, we're definitely going to talk about him in the news. But the dude also, the more I did some research and thinking about it, I'm like, man, the guy was beyond a fucking legend, pioneer in so many, uh, so many ways. But then losing 36 year old, Bray Wyatt and I was like alright this one sucks this one stings um this is at the level of of Brody Lee for us you know um I, I for me personally I don't think there's a promo or match I missed a Bray since the day he got into or at least called up to WWE you know I saw a good amount of his NXT stuff but um I, I say let's begin at least you know talking some of our favorite you know moments some accolades let's chat it up about both the guys that are unfortunately no longer with us, which sucks, um, especially for one still being on a roster. But uh, Terry Funk, uh, you know, 79, I believe. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, didn't they have a video not too long ago where Foley visited him? Like, mm-hmm. it, not they like had a home or something like that? Yep. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if, because I know that Funk was in an assisted living home for a while. Uh, but I think right before he passed, he did go back home. So I'm not sure if that video was taken right when he got home or if that was at the assisted living place. And it wasn't really easy to tell, uh, <coughs> excuse me, in that shot. But it was nice to see how close those two are. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that it's good to see. So it probably makes it harder for people like that. But, you know, uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. It's harder because Bray, we, we've been so exposed to. You know, we've been watching in our lifetime, you know, actively. Uh, with Terry, his career is so long that we know so little. Like, you know, I'm going to... I've got a bunch of random facts. Some of the stuff that I know off the top of my head. Some of the stuff that I had to look up. Some of the I was semi-familiar with. And I'm going to leave so much out. I'll break it down like this. I think this is the easiest way to say it is. You know, we did our uh, four... Uh, what was it? Uh, Mount Rushmore of wrestling, right? Uh, and we had some pretty standard answers. Uh, I never really thought to put uh, Terry Funk on that Mount Rushmore. If somebody came to me and said that Terry Funk was on their Mount Rushmore, I wouldn't blink. Yeah, yeah no, you look at it now, you're like, not like you put him in there, but more of like, it, it, like your own personal, but more of like a, shit, I should reconsider this. I didn't yeah. realize, like I said, the word pioneer, man. The guy was a part of some very iconic moments and was a huge part of history for, what, like 30, 40 years in wrestling? I, he got into wrestling, I think, in the late 60s. So, 50 so, years of wrestling? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, retired eight times, ten times, something like that, you know. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, you know, again, you know, we've got the professor here. The professor is the professor for a reason, but even he only, you know, can intake so much knowledge. Um, and I obviously am no wrestling historian myself. If you want to know the full story of uh, Terry Funk, listen to Jim Cornette's drive through episode 306. They do about an hour on him personal story, stories from the business, stuff that everybody's aware of. Um, very informative. Uh, I, I highly suggest you go listen to that. 
but yeah, so in 75, Terry won his only NWA title. Uh, he defeated Jack Briscoe. Um, he had a 14-month reign. Uh, he defended the, the title against Jack Briscoe, Dusty Rhodes, uh, Giant Baba, Pat O'Connor. Um, he, defel- he defended the title not just in the States, but in Australia, Japan, and Singapore. Everybody knows he was huge in Japan. Uh, he lost the title in Toronto uh, to Harley Race. Um, yep, there you go. So did you know that Terry Funk was in WWF from 85 to 86? No, not until I did some research today. I was like, no shit. Yeah. So I saw one of the videos that I saw, and that's a great thing. I've, I've been seeing a lot of videos of just uh, some of his old stuff. He debuted on Championship Wrestling, which is their uh, WWF's first TV show, like their first weekly show. Um, and he's in the corner, and he's taking off all his gear, and the ring announcer's taking it all. And he takes the hat, and he puts the cowboy hat on. Funk sees this and fucking drags him into the ring and just beats the shit out of him. It was great. Uh, during that time, he had some. Uh, yep. he, he had a promo or a promo. He had, he had like a, you know, a feud with uh, Junkyard Dog and Hogan. Uh, both not not too bad. Um, you probably all remember him in ECW at Hardcore Heaven '94. Fought Cactus Jack. It ended in a no contest when Pubic Enema showed up, and the crowd mm-hmm. literally buried Pubic Enema with chairs, just chucking it. It was like Brangolata was there. Andrew Galata. Was it Andrew? The boxer? Yeah. Andrew Galata. Really? Why and it's funny because that's a very infamous spot, too, because when the chairs are going, you see Terry just fall, <laughs> like his face first. <laughs> well, at that I point, that. the ring was so flooded, yeah, you couldn't stand anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was also, y'all probably remember his, you know, he had a big ECW stint. Uh, he was barely, barely legal, 97. That's where he won the ECW uh, World Heavyweight Championship from Raven. Uh, so in 1995, he was he had his match with Mc, uh, Cactus Jack. I'm sorry, at the International Wrestling Association of Japan. This was the no ropes barbed wire exploding uh, barbed wire boards and exploding ring time bomb death match. <laughs> this was a death match tournament. Yeah, yeah, and they were the finals. They were the finals. Yeah, uh, that's the I've one watched fam- it. Yeah. The, oh, I've watched it too. Yeah, that's the one famously where. Uh, Mick Foley's uh, flying home with his dad, and the stewardess comes up to him like, sir, you can't smoke. He's like, I'm not. His arm was still fucking... (laughs) Yeah, it was fucking crazy. Uh, Just my body. So he also... uh, Funk also had uh, an exploding death match, time bomb death match against Onita in FMW. Yep. Uh, And that was... 94. 93. It was two years before. Oh, yes. My bad. 93. Uh, And this is where... So basically what happened was, you know... Onita broke into the American wrestling scene uh, and followed Funk. He became close with Funk. So th- this was kind of a dream match for them. Uh, Onita went over, and there was still about 30 seconds or so before the ring was going to explode. So Onita leaves, and then you realize Funk ain't going anywhere. So he wants to go save his hero. So he rolls in. He starts slapping him in the face, grabbing him by the hair, realizes he can't get him out, and he covers him, and there's the fucking explosions, which looked, which looked great, by the way. Looked fantastic. This is where Kingston got his idea to cover Moxley, even though it was just a bunch of streamers that popped out. <laughs> but I had a flashback. I was in Sing Sing. <laughs> Sorry, I want that. That has nothing to do with Terry Funk. Yeah, Funk. Uh, so Funk actually joined WCW in '89. He feuded with Flair. Uh, had a bunch oh, of title yeah. matches with him. Uh, I think they were feuded the year that year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Flair would refuse the initial match. Funk attacked him, pile driving him on a on a table. You've probably seen that clip before. Table doesn't give. Looked nasty. 
they had an I quit match. Uh, Funk did quit. Uh, got a five star rating from Meltzer. Not that's probably more relevant back then than it is now. But uh, and then there was a part and it of, actually is. It's a fantastic match from Clash oh, yeah. of the Champions Nine. Yeah, part of their feud was Funk used an actual plastic shopping bag to suffocate Flair. <laughs> Crazy, but one of my Can't favorite things I just saw I just saw a video of this. Um, so that pile driver put uh, him out, Flair out of action. Flair out of action. They came back. They had the match, but after the match, Flair was attacked by Gary Hart and the Great Muda, and Sting came and made the save. And Sting had one, uh, had Hart in the uh, Deathlock, and Flair put Muda in the Figure Four. Man. Good times. Good times right there. Yep. Um, another weird thing about this, is, and this is weird because I, I Cornette didn't mention it. Uh, when I was doing research, I didn't find anything supporting this. But in 1997, he in, in Amarillo, Texas, where his hometown was, uh, his house was the Double Cross Ranch. Gotta love that. Um, Great name. Ha- yeah. Held a show called Terry Funk's WrestleFest. It was supposed to be like a tribute of all the Funks, his father, his brother, himself. And Terry, so in the research is, in Cornette, they say Terry lost to Bret Hart, but I'm pretty sure when you watch Beyond the Mat, they show that, and that's when Terry gets his friend to be the ref, and the ref botches the count, and Terry wins the title. <laughs> like, they didn't announce him as yeah. the champion, but they said he won. So I don't know if that's just one of those things where it's reverse. he didn't lose, you know what I'm saying? So, But it was a, a retirement match, and then he unretired 12 he days later. Yeah. Yeah, and he had already retired two times by then, I think. Yeah, um, he was the Rolling Stones of wrestling. Pretty much. Uh, you know, everybody remembers his role in the Hell in a Cell with Mankind. Iconic. Um, he was in... Chainsaw Charlie. Chainsaw Charlie. We can't forget that. He actually put out some music albums. And he was in Roadhouse. And Over the Top. Hmm. That's right. He's yeah, one he, was of the bu- he was in a bunch of shit, man. Guards or henchmen for uh, the what's his name, Robert Lozier. Oh, yeah, I don't remember. No, who, who, who's the guy? Robert Lozier. That's right. Robert it's Lozier. R, is it? <laughs> him. Yeah. He has his henchmen. That's one of them. Fucking uh, Stallone puts Terry Funk, I think, through a window of a like a big giant window of a door or some shit like that. It's awesome. Right. Uh, man, I he's the absolute original to me U.S. hardcore wrestling guy. You know, what I mean, like I'm not gonna say original hardcore because you got your uh, Oneida and all those guys who yeah. you know in their own right in Japan. Um, I did throw together ten matches, absolutely no order whatsoever, but. Um, a couple of them, you know, just barely legal 97, their very first ECW pay-per-view. Yep. He wrestled twice that night. Not only did he defeat Sandman and Stevie Richards in a three-way, that brought him to the main event match where he would face Raven. And that's where he wins the world championship for ECW, which is kind of cool. Um, him versus Sabu versus Shane Douglas at the night they crossed the line in ECW, they went to a 60-minute draw in a three-way match. Fantastic for a guy his age. Um, we just recently watched, in May of 98, him versus, well, you could probably call it Mankind or Cactus Jack, but maybe Mick Foley. It's when Foley versus Funk on Raw, and, and Vince is like, you want that title shot? Show me what you got. And they had a hell of a fucking beating with each other on Raw in 98. 
Um, he actually tagged with Great Muda against Ric Flair and Sting at Halloween Havoc 89 in the Thunderdome where the special referee, Bruno San Martino. I think I remember watching that. Yeah, dude. Star-studded match right there with everybody all the way into the ref. Jesus. Um, as we already said, the retirement match with Bret Hart and the IWA Finals in 95 against Foley um, with the Oneida match in 93. But the two that are the most important to me, honestly, Ric Flair, the I Quit match at Clash of the Champions 9, which that's all coming off of he just got done having his trilogy Steamboat. with Steamboat. Yep. And then, bam, here comes Funk. I mean, like, that night. So, fantastic how it was all done. But the other match that is not as well talked about, uh, but it's very, very popular, I will, if you will, with, like, your real wrestling smart people. I'm not saying your marks, you know what I mean? Like, the ones who just Purists. know the popular, right. Um, Slamboree 94 versus Tully Blanchard. A mm. fantastic match. I actually watched that one maybe a year ago. Maybe a year or two ago. I threw that whole pay-per-view on, and uh, I remember watching it. Great match. Um, hey, Not to be, you know, funny, man. Funk University. Officially closed. Yeah. God damn, dude. It's uh, a legend. It said that he had to go, uh, you know, his health declining through the last several years, you know, not not exactly a good thing to for anybody to have to go through, but a legend, genuine uh, Hall of Famer, pioneer, as I said earlier, man. You, really, that's the best thing I could really say when I'm thinking about Terry Funk. 100%. Okay. Now, let me get some tissues out here. <laughs> Look, man, I'm not even being funny. This one really got me. Like I said, I put this on the Owen level, the, the Brody Lee level. Um, even Eddie, where I'm like, and not just because they're on my rosters I'm watching right now live. I'm like, what? Bray is three and a half years younger than me. Are you shitting me? He shouldn't be dead. Um, all right, let me ask you a question. All right, before we get into his, you know, kind of how you just broke down Funk, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break down Bray. Can I just mainly get to one quick point and ask you a question? What are your thoughts on his death? Uh, in terms of the, uh, he had he had a uh, existing heart disease. Correct. Yes. Um. I would. Do you think? Just uh, like I'm not trying to be Mister Conspiracy Theorist, okay? But over the last couple of years, look at fucking Demar Hamlin, right? You have to be vaxxed to play in the NFL. You have to be vaxxed yeah, to do certain going. things. Yeah. And I'm not trying to go down that road in a certain way, but I'm like, if you had a pre-existing de- exist, uh, or condition or whatever, you know that Vince probably made it. Yeah, you have to fucking be vaxxed to work here because they even did PSA commercials, if you remember back in 2020. Get vaxxed. Save a life. Get vaxxed. They did a billion of them. Where are your thoughts on all that? Do you think that it, it, it yay or nay on that? I think it's a horseshit argument or, or even thing to think about. First and foremost, he, he did catch COVID, which okay. likely had an impact on it. Whether or not the vaccine had it, I don't think it can be part of a bigger discussion or a narrative. Everything's a case-by-case basis. We're not scientists. We don't know scientific data. I am not taking a side on this. Uh, I, I think it's uh, somebody else. And I'm not trying to that. either. I'm saying, no, that's like, fine. Just I'm not, I'm reading. not going to, you know, I'm not. Somebody else uh, asked me a question and said, I wonder if it had to do with that. And it's like. 
I like I'm not even going to entertain that discussion because you know, I, and I've seen it with other people that I'm close with have had it. I it's easy for you to go right there, even if you're going to say, "Oh, I'm not being a conspiracy theorist." And then, like, if you don't know, then like, why even entertain the possibility? Because it may be baseless. You don't know. I don't know. I have no fucking clue. Everything's sure. a case by case basis. So you know, I'm it 100 percent is. Yeah, but then yeah. again, the, again, why I bring it up was more of what you're seeing already right it's the uh, again people, correlation you know, not causation it's just you're, you're happening to see it everything is more in your face these stories you know people love this they glorify shit like this you know it's fucking porn for people so i mean of course sure. you're going to see a lot more of it it draws ratings so i don't think i like porn you know i don't think there's anything to look into there uh, unfortunately i just got an update from twitter right as before we got into bray uh it appears uh the heart attack that he suffered was in his sleep uh, so I don't know what's that's worth sharing or not, but I just came up, so I figured I'd throw it out there. So I don't know if that's better. I mean, or to be honest with you, if you're gonna go, would you want to be alert and awake, or would Grumpy you rather old be sleep? Me personally, yeah, you know, hundred percent. So lucky bastard. Um, honestly, this one, and I didn't mean to bring that to a conspiracy, political, anything like that. Just wanted to get your opinion yeah. on what you maybe thought about it. But um, it sucks because he's fucking so young, man. Yeah. and it's like. He's not like Eddie Guerrero, who had uh, years of substance abuse, and his heart was just like, yo, I'm sorry, I got to peace out now. I did everything right. I could. Thank God he got better for a little bit, but I still can't take it. Bray's not down that road. And, yeah, he was you know, a husky guy, no pun intended, with Husky Harris, but right. not to 36 years old. That's kind of how I – so I'm like, right. it just sucks. Such a young age. Um I mean, he was in WWE from 2010 to 2021, came back in 2022 in October, and until, obviously, his death. So many goddamn things I could really, you know, like, I... I, I actually wrote in my notes, I'm like, it's going to be so fucking hard to even be funny this week, like, or have fun, because I'm like, this is so somber. This one right. pisses me off, like, just because last thing we actually saw was that pitch black match, right? And I'm like, when he came back in October twenty, uh, October 2022, you and I were like, all right, what's the gimmick going to be? How's he going with us? We were excited, man. We loved Bray. Um when you first got back started in 2014, 2015, well, that's just when they were getting there, too. And the Wyatt family showed up in, uh, onto Raw in that 2015 era, or 2014 era, I'm sorry, in the summer of 2014. Before that, he was a part of the new Nexus as Husky Harris. Right. Even had a cool little interaction with Michelle McCool. Which was kind of funny that, you know, years later he's Bray Wyatt and feuding with Taker. Kind of a little funny part to that. Um, man, when they were called up, it was just... You know what? I'm sorry. I got it wrong. It was uh, the summer of 2013. I apologize. Summer of 2013 is when they got called up from NXT and just fucking killer promos. First feud is with Kane, um, which is great. You know, you, you, smart guy to have. You know, you have to have a, a monster you have to kill. And the promos were fantastic. I played that one for you, my favorite one, where uh, my daddy's boat caught on fire and he went down with it. And, you know, he sounds like uh, a counselor from, yeah, uh, from Cape, uh, Fear. Cape Fear. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know what I mean? And he played the part so well. And follow the buzzards and we're here. Everywhere you're at, Rochester, we're here. 
and fucking Kraut ate it up to the point that at the end of 2013, both the Shield and the Wyatts are so hot. And Wyatt is trying to bring Daniel Bryan into the mix, trying to make him a part of his Wyatt family because you lost the title, Orton took it from you, follow the buzzards, I'll take care of you, all that shit. And finally, in the UK, which is so crazy, um, when they're, I I believe, at the O2 Arena or, or somewhere around there, is it was a match with Punk and Bryan versus I think two uh, the, uh, it was Rowan and uh, Harper but then the shield breaks out and so does the Wyatt family and they start fighting against each other and Punk and Brian are standing on the outside my favorite part is Bray looking at everybody and going we have a common enemy like looking at them and they're trying to surround them and it was like to me I was like oh if Punk didn't leave the 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 Millions of ways they could have went with that always bothered me. And then they tore the house down. Uh, Royal Rumble 2014, when we all thought Dan O'Brien was going to join that Royal Rumble, and he didn't, didn't. you know, when Punk was tossed out. Yep. Uh, early in the night, him and Bray Wyatt, they, they had a great opening contest there at Royal Rumble 2014, but uh, the biggest one was Elimination Chamber 2014 probably my favorite Bray Wyatt match of all time. It's the six man, the shield versus the Wyatt family. I always thought they should have saved this for WrestleMania because it was so great. And the Wyatt family went over and it ended with Wyatt giving a sister Abigail to Roman and pinning him. And the Wyatt family went over in what a match where a lot of people thought shield were going to go over because they were the dominant crew at that time. Wyatt, I remember watching it in Salvatore's and Rondequate. We all lost our shit when they won that match because we were like, oh my God, I didn't think they were actually getting this one. It was so good. And then he goes to feud with John Cena with the trilogy that he has, you know, multiple matches, cage match. But the one that killed me is that he was halted right in his tracks at WrestleMania 30. He was as hot as he could be, you know, white hot as they say, and loses to Cena on the biggest stage at WrestleMania 30. Ah, Jesus. And it sucks because, to me, I think that's one of the biggest things that killed Bray Wyatt's momentum of all time was losing to Cena. And I'm not sure if it was Cena pulling the card or if it was Vince like, no, 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 you know, he definitely needs to go over. But... It sucks because not only did he do that, then he went back-to-back. He lost to Taker mm-hmm. the next year. And Taker's just coming off of the Brock Lesnar loss, so you knew Bray was likely not going to have this match in hand in any way. Um, but he did have the, anyone but you, Roman. I love that. Anybody but you, Roman. Anybody can have the championship but you, Roman. It was trying to derail him from becoming a world champion, which, great feud. Um God, WrestleMania 32, The Rock comes out, sets a flame, The Rock, on the big torch or whatever the fuck he uses at Dallas, says that there's 144 million people inside the stadium, and then Bray Wyatt and the and the Wyatt family come out. Not Luke Harper, because he was injured at the time, but you got Braun Strowman, you got Eric Rowan, and Bray Wyatt and Bray Wyatt's having a face-to-face 
promo with The Rock. I'm like, this guy's going to the fucking moon, man. Like, it's just, you. every time you look at it, you're like, it can't, they can't drop a ball with this guy. You don't really no. think they can. Um, And then the following year, Jesus, the dude ends up winning. Well, actually, he ends up feuding with uh, Dean Ambrose for the better part of that latter year in 2016. But in 2017, no way did I have at the Elimination Chamber, even after Randy Orton won the Royal Rumble match, I did not have Bray Wyatt taking AJ Styles' championship away from him in Elimination Chamber. But God damn, if he... Oh, wow. You want to talk about a mark-out moment where I was jumping up and down? I was like, they gave it to him. The following month, you have Orton and Harper, where they drop the ball again. They should have just put Harper into the match and made it a triple threat. But they end up doing the worms and all that stupid shit, and Orton took the title at WrestleMania 33. Terrible. Very big letdown. <sighs> but then, he actually semi-reforms the Wyatt family, getting the Bludgeon Brothers back together, kind of getting the, the crew back together and uh, going after Orton. He has that match where they had the house on fire and all that weird cinematic shit long before the pandemic. And then he ends up joining forces after feuding with broken Matt Hardy, he ends up joining forces with Matt Hardy. And not only does he help Matt win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania 34's kickoff show, they end up becoming tag team champions together. Which, kind of cool. But then it was like, wow, you guys just, I don't think we know what we're doing with them. Yeah, they, they, had, no, they had no uh, trajectory. It was fun. It had potential, but... It did. It was great, especially with Wyatt and Hardy's back-and-forth promos when they were messing with the yep. videos. It was great. A lot of potential, a lot of potential there, but Vince and whoever put their hands in the mix with what Hardy and Wyatt could have created together, so the fucking minds work, man. And then he went away for a long time. We didn't see him. We're like, wow, does he even wrestle anymore? And then the night after WrestleMania 35, we get our very first Firefly Funhouse package. It is Pee Wee's Playhouse on crack for wrestling. And we get the yowie wowie. We get the red sweater, Mr. Rogers lookalike guy. And he's trying to be a better guy. And oh my God, we were like, okay, this is fucking fantastic. You just brought me back to fucking childhood watching a stupid kids thing. And this is amazing. That's how good you are. But then it's the whole, but you got to let me in. You got to let him in. And we get the fiend finally. And the first time he showed up was that SummerSlam in 2019 against Finn Balor. And we didn't even know what to think. The lantern? That was the yeah. mouth, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, my crazy. God. It was just... And again, here's like, okay, finally you got it. You can't fuck it up. Hmm. And then they did the DQ at Hell in a Cell. Yep. Yep the red light they made it right in Saudi Arabia like a month later and finally gave him the championship which was great but then they fucked him over in another Saudi Arabia event and put the title on Goldberg before they headed into uh, Wrestlemania 36 yep which is a blessing and a curse okay maybe Fiend and Goldberg could have had a rematch or something or maybe he had the championship at Wrestlemania 36 during the pandemic maybe something could have worked out however what we were given next 
was probably his greatest moment, accomplishment, however you want to call it. And I'm talking about WrestleMania 36, the Firefly Funhouse match. This is such good shit. Oh my! Not even, no pun intended, because that's where the sound comes from of Vince McMahon. This is such good shit that we use for uh, Nightwing. That's exactly where it came from. Was the Vince McMahon little puppet saying it, looking like he's jerking off at the announcers' table? By the way, um, I mean everything from the Saturday night's main event to the NWO yep. to you know the ruthless aggression. It was the. Uh, Revenge to WrestleMania 30, if you will. Pretty much. In such a cool way. Yep. It was a mind fuck. And Cena loses. And we didn't see Cena for a couple of years, which is even kind of cool. Yeah, he way. really disappeared. And the best part was they show Titus O'Neil afterwards, and he's like, ah, uh, I oh don't know God, what to I think of that. <laughs> like, it was almost like that should have just been a part of the match. Like, they just panned over and saw him there instead right. of going back. Cause it was just, it was so good. Um, it, Again. All right, well, maybe it's going to get a little bit better because we have the pandemic. You're letting him do some cool stuff here. But we ended up bringing in Alexa Bliss, which was great, which I liked. It was a a good addition to him. Got a crazy guy, crazy girl. The feud with Orton just went way too far. We ended up having the burned fiend, which looked like... Crispy fiend and uh, Alexa Bliss's uh, black face ink thing squirting, yeah. Alexa Bliss riding Orton to pin him in that one oh, match. Right. That reminds me. Yeah, lucky guy. But also, yeah, where she turns on him at WrestleMania 37. She's like, yep, yeah, that's enough. I'm just going to bleed oil out of my head and we'll just call it a day. And then we didn't see Bray Wyatt until that was April of 2021. And we didn't see Bray Wyatt again until October 2022. And that's where extreme rules after Seth Rollins and Riddle had their fight pit match lights go out we get all the you got Sister Abigail you got that husky pig you got everybody all over the arena Play, the place is losing their fucking shit and all you had to do is just I'm here and a new era was born man and it's funny because there was like wow we're like what's the halt what the fuck is going on why are we not hearing anything for, or seeing much from him pre Royal Rumble and even post-Royal Rumble. Maybe he was battling all this shit throughout the whole time, and then it caught up right after Royal Rumble, because I think the Rumble was one of the last times you saw him. But right before that? Hmm. Hate to bring this one up, man, but this will this one will get you. The week before was Raw 30. And that's where The Undertaker had the choke on LA Knight, pushed him over for the sister Abigail, whispered something in Bray's ear. I love it. And Bray actually said in a fucking interview, that's between me and Undertaker. Yep. I'll never tell, and I'm bringing it to the grave. <sighs> well, I need Undertaker to tell us what the fuck he said to him now. Because, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, nah, man. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? I, I feel like he probably was like, you're way too good for this fucking place. You yeah, know, right. and, and it's funny because on the drive home, when I was telling my wife all about this on the camping trip, I'm like, I got to you know get myself prepped for the show and, and do all this. I had her listen to that uh, 
I burned my daddy to the goddamn sea and all that stuff. And then I and I read the good book and all that shit. And she's like, he should have did horror movies. And I go, yup. We all said it. I'm like, yeah. as soon as the Fiend character came out, we're like, oh, my God. what? Get out of wrestling. Just get out of wrestling. You're going to have such Pretty a better much. life in movies. Oh, God. And, you know, two-time WWE champion. He's a, uh, a tag team champion with the Wyatt family, but also with Matt Hardy way I hate to say the words that are so cliche but ooh, fucking way too soon man we've yeah. gone way too soon way too fucking and soon. I think that a healthy Bray Wyatt Jesus Christ with the right creative minds the sky would have been the limit with this dude yep 100% I uh so at one point uh recently uh, he tagged with Roman Reigns uh, I don't I think they took on the bar perhaps and oh my uh, god that's right so and I don't know if you remember this so Bray hits the sister Abigail on, I was going to say Claudio, on Cesaro. Nah, good good and for you. And he pins him, and he sees Seamus coming back into the ring, and he does finger guns at Seamus, and as soon as he does, like, the trigger where his thumb goes down, Roman spears Seamus. Like, he wasn't even looking yeah. at Roman. Roman was behind him, and he fucking nailed it. He just goes boom, boom, and right then he hit the spear. It was fucking dope. Yeah, those little things. Psychology man. for wrestling with this guy was unbelievable. Yep, 100%. That's it. He was in the wrong era. Yep. I actually wrote that down. This dude was in the wrong era, unfortunately. Um, you know, son of Erwin R. Scheister, um, you know, brother uh, to Bo Dallas. This is nephew of uh, Barry Wyndham. Bear and I was going to say the Wyndham. Uh, Wyndham's. This one, like I said, this one pisses me off. It beats me up. I plan to watch some Wyatt matches now that I'm back home and able to. Um, some top ten, you know, much like how I kind of went through with Funk. Here's some matches. Um, I already mentioned, you know, the Chamber, 2014. Yes, Elimination Chamber, 2014. The six-man match between the cha- uh, between uh, the Shield and the Wyatt family. Just, especially for me. That's some young prime, not real young, but, you know, some prime Dean Ambrose where he's like, motherfucker, I'm just going to go get in a fight. And you're like, yeah, I like the psycho guy. And now you're like, I've seen this every week. You're going to shrug your shoulders. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but it's a great match. Uh, Firefly. I mean, come on, the Firefly Funhouse. Fantastic. It was just a fantastic match at WrestleMania 36. Um, how it didn't close. I mean, they closed the Boneyard match the night before. This right. one. The match after this was Drew and Brock, and while I get it, I'm like, it, oh, my God, Drew and Brock sucked after that because I was like, this Firefly Funhouse. I agree with shit? you. you got to figure most people, if it ended on the Firefly Funhouse, they'd be like, what the shit? <laughs> yeah. I would have been. Go off the paper like that, but like, i got to watch Raw tomorrow, man. <laughs> he just killed him. Uh, another great match. You know, him and Finn Balor, it's a squash at, at SummerSlam 2019, but shit, how often do you get a good squash match? Yeah, you don't. Well, actually, there is that one that Orton did to Rusev that one time, like in two seconds at that same SummerSlam, I think. But also, uh, him versus Taker at WrestleMania, just at least to see both of them lock up, you know, it can't go wrong with the 2015, WrestleMania 31. And then even the year before, him versus Cena. Again, it's he still puts on a great show. Win, lose, or draw puts on a great show while he's in there. Uh, him and Daniel Bryan at Royal Rumble 2014. Him and Roman, their entire feud in the 2015 era. They had multiple matches, multiple pay-per-view matches. Again, the anybody but you, Roman. Just fantastic. Or maybe in 14, my apologies. Um, him and Cena 
in a cage match, one of my favorites. That's the one where the little boy shows up and Cena, like, shits his pants. He's like, he's got the whole world. The little boy had, like, the devil voice. Um, and he had some great matches, both with uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, respectively. One of my favorite ones is where he's in a match with Dean, and Dean's carrying, like, a monitor or something where he's going to hit Bray, and then the monitor just explodes in his face because Bray made it happen. I'm like, eh, as hokey as it is, I like a good just character, you know, phenomenon. Yeah, dude, it was it was yeah. the next best thing to Taker that we didn't get to have. You know, yeah, like, much. in... in it really could have been oh, the next God, I, I, it, I, yeah. yeah, and I, I can't say enough good things about Bray Wyatt, and it's, it's unfortunate that he passed away. Um, but obviously, you know, we'll definitely watch a lot of his matches. I'm sure in the future, you and I may even put one on, do a little watch along at some point. Maybe we should do the Firefly Funhouse for that's a fun, fun one. no pun intended. Yeah. I like it. We'll have to do that. Well, it has been an extremely long show, but you know. Sometimes that's what we do, but hey, next week when we're back, it is so fitting. We didn't even fucking plan. I mean, they've been doing enough as it is, AEW, on their own, but we were already planning on having a top topic coming up soon of, you know, the perception of what it's like backstage versus what we're all understanding and seeing out here and how good it is for their business. And then fucking, you know, all in, we have another fight good i hope we have another one at all out i hope he just storms into the media scrum and just starts punching people in the face at this point i don't even know but hey we're the top of wrestling pocket you know what i really gotta say honestly i know you're straight edge smoke some weed drink do something man calm the fuck down. come on phil Quit taking picking fights with kids i know you work with fucking children but i mean even teacher aides get fired for beating up say, on the kids need to get high too <laughs> We are the Top of Wrestling Podcast. I am the professor. I bid you a farewell. He is ODM. Every week, he likes to leave you with a certain amount of words. Can you guess what number it is? Generic rock on the cock. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by the Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are the professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, the Doc, Joe Rizzo. Feel free to reach out to the show by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com on their Facebook page, Twitter page, Instagram page. Remember to subscribe, like, and share. You can listen to the show on most popular platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, and YouTube. Without your continued support, it would be just some guys talking wrestling, which is pretty much what it is anyway. Good night, folks. First of all, I think it's, you know, I don't even know if we'll use it as a hidden track, but fantastic that you, your mic wasn't plugged in because you had to charge the pen. Good for you. Oh, absolutely. You know, like you said, priorities, right? I don't even know if it charged all the way, but that's why I had to smoke some flour and eat an edible just to be sure. Oh, you did one of those today, uh, eh? Yeah, yeah. Did you do a 500 milligram? I uh, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, Gorilla Biscuit Tiki's? No, I don't have any of those. <laughs> <laughs> Gorilla Biscuit <laughs>